three, two, one. Best advice I can give you, start drinking heavily. You're listening to the Four Takes and Fuel podcast with Alex, Ethan, Chance, and Colton. Welcome back to another episode of Four Takes and Fuel, guys. My name's Alex. Ethan. Chance. And we this have... This is Annie. <laughs> That's Annie. We have one of the greatest uh, human beings in our sport. You could say that. Uh, a legend for sure. A WKA Hall of Famer now. Mr. Matt Connell. Hammer Time is coming to sit down with us tonight, and we're super excited. Been looking forward to this one for a long time. But before we get into it, here's a word from our sponsors. Located in Turkey Creek, Louisiana, newly rebranded Battle Creek Raceway offers some of the greatest dirt kart racing in the Deep South. Centrally located 11 miles south of the Turkey Creek exit on I-49, Battle Creek has classes for all ages. Under new ownership from experienced racers, Battle Creek definitely has the racer's best interest in mind. As one of the home tracks for the guys of Four Takes and Fuel podcast, when you see us at the racetrack, come tell us hello. And as we get back into the episode, be sure you're ready for battle at Battle Creek Raceway. So, unfortunately, um, the Dusty Prudent Memorial did rain out February 3rd, uh, so it has moved to the 17th, um, and yeah, so, but we did have a play day. We had a play day, and the track was ripping it. The yeah, Logan and David, a ripper. Yeah, Logan and David had put in a lot of work, and this is a facility that you can hold some pretty dang good races at. Absolutely. Summertime man, SD20. That thing was was so smooth man so so smooth the smoothest i've ever seen that track i've only raced on it maybe four or five times and it's world of i mean i was going slow around that thing but night and day night and day difference night and day difference man it was i was thoroughly impressed what did you say that was like your fastest time before the track got redone dude i don't remember it was either a high 10 or a, I don't know, or 11. I don't know. Yeah. And with um, early in the day when the sun was up, um, I think Ethan, Logan's brother, was going 10 O's with yeah. minimal go-karts on the racetrack at that time. Mm-hmm. And then the track kind of fell off a little bit because the dew fell, but you'll find that. You'll see that in most racetracks. Uh, but, dude, uh, I man, mean, I was, there, I was still, that little grudge race, man. They were hauling around that track. I man. know. It was, they were. Man, I'm excited to race there this week, this year. I'm super excited to see what David and Logan can do. I mean, I hope they can really bring some bigger, big races to it, bringing some people around the country. Hopefully, I, I think that I think they really got something good going. Uh, it's a, uh, it's definitely a prime time facility, and uh, they're they're moving in the right direction. And I don't even think they're halfway done with what they want to do with it. Yeah, I think you said he has some lights to put up. A lot more lights to put up. They want to do PA system. Uh, I believe there's a couple other more things they want to do, but man, and and the funny thing is that we thought the track was really good and great, and David was like, "It's still not even where I want it." He said he wanted a little do it, tweak it a couple different ways, and man, I mean, just from that, it was it was a uh... my my suggestion, which they don't have to take this at all, is is maybe round off four a little bit because I feel like that wall comes very very quick. And that that's the only it's from a safety standpoint, mm-hmm. strictly, you know. That and and it's still a fantastic track. I'm not knocking it at all, but that would be my only suggestion. Yeah. The dirt they put into it too. I mean, like I was telling somebody, like in a day race, like 
Oh yeah, Black in the Santa middle of the summer. Kind of oh dude, maybe not even anything. You know? yeah, maybe just wipe around Agrisol on it or something. Yeah. Maybe with the like, you're gonna have to need a harder tire too. Yep. It's not gonna be your common uh, just prep prep the crap out of them and go. You know. The problem is, is is if we have a summer like we did this past year, you ain't gonna be able to put up enough water on that damn thing. It's so I hot, know. you know. I know, uh, but man, it was a, uh, and it was cool because like, so, you know, most racetracks, some racetracks you can, if you have, if you just can't get underneath back, some back behind somebody quick enough, or you miss the corner or somebody behind missed your corner and they go up into the dust and they just True. spin. Yeah, yeah. They, by, so many people were able to save it. So many yeah. people were able to save it. They were, and, and they didn't even really run in a second groove uh, mm -hmm. actually, but it's that good of a dirt to where you can save it. I really think that's going to help with safety. I think that's going to help with races not being caution driven. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like it's going to be really it, good. The first time I got on it, it was weird to get off a two, well, which is now four. Okay. So back to my other statement, it would have been round off the new turn two. It used to be turn four. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Just to get that. But uh, getting off a of four, the new four, it was like, oh, I can get on the throttle way sooner than uh, I used yeah. to, you know? God, I'm still used to the old way where you got to, like, kind of let it roll before you can get back on it. And yeah, play it's definitely still a driver track, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like uh, I feel like on a good day when it's riding, I feel like some brake rotors might be rode off. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. I could definitely see us getting into, like, the 950s on a really good oh, day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, nine, if if he ran a ten with not many track uh, and a predator, on the, you know, yeah, you get in the nines for sure. Yeah, I think nine fifties, nine maybe nine forties. You know what it really reminded me of though, with no banking, Collins. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Collins with yeah. no banking. Yep, Collins with no banking. That's a good. That's a good assessment there. Yeah, so I'm just really excited. Uh, they got a really good race coming up on the seventeenth. Also, Jasper with the Maximilians going to be coming up on the 17th. And then Mojave is going to be starting their schedule up here soon. Um, I forgot the first day. But, uh, you know, they have some big races scheduled for it. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna. I think we're going to have some really good racing going on around here. Um, and also, BJ's is going to be starting this weekend. I think TJ wants to go test the Open. So we're going to go test the Open uh, over there. And uh, I'm just happy to be racing again, man. And, uh, you know, we took that little break after Batesville. We always have that little hiatus. And, uh and then it's full force. Um, we got you, man. I ain't been in a go kart since I played a poo. It's been a long time, six months, something like that. Yeah, and so you know, just excited, man. It's uh, it's good to be back racing. It's good to get a refresh. It's always good for a break, but man, sometimes the break goes too long, and you're just ready to get back to it. So I'm excited. All right. Hey, so first things first. Um, to all the junior drivers and junior driver parents, uh, last week that commented, shared, messaged us about getting wanting to get your junior driver on the podcast. We can't thank you guys enough. Um, we are back to the drawing board on figuring Ooh. out a better solution here. An almost overwhelming response, by the way. Yeah, thank you all so much. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, so I am, we are back to the drawing board, figuring out the a better way of, hopefully being able to get as many junior drivers on the podcast that we can because uh, you know you guys are the backbone of this of the sport and the future of the sport and yeah so um next week we'll kick it off 
with uh, Jack Smith, uh, son of David Smith, who, who's come on previously, uh, owner of Card Speed Solutions. And uh, we can't wait for that episode. And so, yeah, we our our Google Calendar for the pot. We have a we have a Google Calendar on our drive that uh, is getting filled out pretty 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 quickly with with episodes that we are going to have to be putting into place. So, you know, we're going to try and work everybody in as as best as we can because we feel like everybody should have a voice in this sport. Nobody's uh, nobody's story is not good enough to be told. So, um, we we really just want to work everybody in, give everybody a chance. That's what we're about, you know, just giving somebody a chance to uh to speak about their racing and and maybe maybe if somebody can relate to the story or maybe somebody can learn something from the story is uh is the biggest thing. So just to help the sport grow and give people a chance to to tell their story, like we said. Absolutely. So yeah. we're gonna go ahead and get to the interview, guys. Um, we are we have been waiting. This one's been scheduled for about a month. Um, we have been so excited about this one. Um, and it's definitely definitely somebody we, we're we're proud and happy to bring their story to you guys and, and a little bit of information. So uh without further ado, here is Mr. Hammer Time himself, Matt Connell. The man, the myth, the legend. So uh, I guess we could just get started, man. Uh, let's get into the beginning. How'd you get into go-karting? Just like when getting into the sport, who got you into it, you know, years? Uh, I started really late. Uh, my my parents, uh, we, we just didn't have a ton of money. They uh, you know, worked straight for what they could. And uh, my mom was like, no, we couldn't. I used to go to the racetrack uh Millbridge is local to me, and we had Rowan County Fairgrounds back then. Real cool racetrack. The a lot of the the probably the vintage guys now will probably remember the, both of those pretty well. And uh, my dad used to be the rescue squad guy there, and like we would go to, I'd get to go to all the races. So I'd sit there and watch and get to go, and it's like begging, you know, please, can we, can we try this out? Can can I race and. My mom was just not, you know, there's no funds there for it. There's just not enough money there for it. And uh, my mom and dad ended up, uh, unfortunately, getting a divorce. And uh, somehow or another, when my my dad ended up having money to race after that, that was the only good (laughs) thing that came out of that divorce, in my opinion, was just just being able to be able to start racing. Uh, I raced, uh, my dad got me a, what we call it a mini grand. And then that mm-hmm. stuff is just local to our area. It's just, it's basically a go-kart frame that they stretch out the wheelbase on put, uh, most of them had, uh, sheet metal bodies on them. I mean, it just looked, uh, looked like you made this, you just made little, uh, race cars out of, them. I mean, sort of, kind of, you know, you had stock engines, had limited engines, a little bit of everything. And, uh, I, uh, I started doing that and I, uh, I raced Tyro. Tyro was a racetrack in uh, Davidson County in North Carolina. And, and I went there every single weekend, one, most of them. I mean, it was, everything was really good. I mean, it just kind of got a little bored with that. My dad, you know, just we're, that's all we could really do at the time was just, just local race and racing that stuff. It was very inexpensive. You ran the same tires all the time. Um, and I, you know, and I, 
they basically taught me how to do tires and I kept, I got myself a durometer and just kind of just, honestly, I probably got myself in trouble more times than I did myself good <laughs> on that. But cause we didn't, you either had like solvent 150 G or Gojo or something. I mean, it was like, it was back in the mid nineties. I mean, like I said, I was 13, 14 years old and um, it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, it's still fun to race. Uh, I was, I was, I was more excited about when I actually got to travel and like get my, you know, my dad bought me a champ cart and we went champ cart racing all over the, you know, all over doing WKA stuff, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, divisional stuff. And man, big crowds back then too. And, uh, it's, uh, I got to see a lot of places and that was, that was a lot more fun than just staying at the same track all the time. I mean, that's, yeah. You're grateful for what you get to do, but you know, still at the same time, you want to, you want to keep moving. Yeah. That competitor and you just wants to keep going. And it's crazy that you say that y'all got a champ cart to race that. Like you tell, if somebody gets a champ cart to race now, you're like, what are you talking about? There's maybe three or four of them that show up at one racetrack in the country. But that, you know, that just goes to show back then there was so many champ carts racing. I mean, there was full fields. It was crazy. Yeah. Even local racing. I mean, man, we would, we would have, 14 to 20 on a local race and uh, running champ carts. And I mean, it, it taught me, it taught me about, you know, about driving probably taught me more about the draft more than anything. Cause I mean, we were just basically running flathead stock engines and I mean, it's just not really enough engine to do anything. So I mean, just try to be smooth and, you know, uh, just uh, learning, like I said, learning about the draft. Um, on all and that different tracks we got to go to you're talking about the 90s man i just i just joined a group on facebook vintage, vintage. four cycle yeah. man I, all day long today i was just looking at all the old stuff and the entries and the pits back then it's crazy apparently I'm jasper done. had banking in at one point i did not know that well it, it 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 may have i don't know i don't remember that but it but it's still rough <laughs> i remember that one wk national we had there in the early 2000s and my goodness it you about needed a mouthpiece to <laughs> not, a lot, not much has changed <laughs> so you know growing up you know you, you you said you had that hunger and you can race local and then you finally started venturing out to start doing some other races um you know, who, who did you kind of look up to or who was like a mentor and kind of guided you? Uh, so I started, I started helping first person. I started helping. I, I just kind of, when I got my license, I just kind of moseyed on up to Woodleaf. Woodleaf was, uh, probably 15 minutes from home. Um, and I, uh, I got to know Tony Belt and Tony Belt and yeah. his wife, Kathy, um, I actually, I think she was his girlfriend at the time when I first started over there, I, about 16 years old and going and helping Tony, uh, man, I was scared to death, honestly, because Tony is a very intimidating person. And <laughs> now, now knowing Tony, as long as I have, he's still intimidating, but man, he's what an awesome guy. And man, I learned a lot over there, just learning how to turn wrenches because man, I didn't even know. My dad did not make me work on my stuff when I was um, the first three, four, five years I was working. I mean, that I was racing. I basically, if it wasn't working on the tires or something like that, I mean, I just sat there. I didn't do, I mean, I, or go, or go talk to friends or something like that. I didn't, he didn't make me work on it because I just wasn't mechanically inclined. I, I struggled with that. And um, 
man, that was uh, if that's anything I could teach these moms and dads these days is make your kids work on their stuff because they appreciate it so much more and they will be so much more invested. They get wrecked. They get, you know, something, something happens, man. They, they, if they had to work on that thing, they're not, we'll just push it off and, and go. It's not a big, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's important to them. It's just, it's good. It's something I try to instill in the parents that I, that, um, that I work with now because dad was just too easy on me. I mean, he was just way too easy on me. He, uh, and he, he was more, my dad was more like, you know, like my best friend versus, um, you know, being hard on me. He, mm. he was just really good to me. And, um, so, uh, basically Tony taught, you know, I learned for Tony and Kathy and Kathy, Kathy did pretty much all the tires over there. And, you know, I kind of watched her and some of the things, little things she taught and, uh, um, really learned, you know, learned a lot, like I said, from, from Tony and then, um, moving on, I kind of, um, I went to, I went and worked a little bit part-time at, uh, Ed Cox's shop in uh, granite quarry he was doing the tri-star racewear uh hooker racing chassis i kind of kind of you know went around there a little bit learned a little bit you know met some people not really not too much i wasn't great there but you know i just i just was you know learning and trying to make friends honestly and just uh just just living like a kid i mean that's the that's that's about all I was doing at that point. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, after that, I mean, I went to work at, um, Ike's carts and parts in, uh, when I got out of high school and, and started college and I started, uh, the guy that, that owned it, he, uh, he kind of, he kept me around working pretty good. And then he kind of just, kind of just went MIA, you know, and let me just run the deal and keep up with, you know, he, he kind of collect the money and pay the bills. And that was about it, you know, and I kind of ran it. Well, did that for a few, a uh, few years, learned how to cut tires doing that. And, uh, so, uh, I, I was a customer of Eddie Misshues back, uh, back then that was probably early, again, that was early two thousands and I was running Eddie's engines and man, that was back then. That was, that was about the best stuff in my opinion. I mean, I, Eddie had the, had the stuff that, you know, was pretty much up front all the time. And I, uh, Eddie's like, won't you come work for me? And, you know, cause I, I was getting close to those guys and, um, I said, well, the only way I could do that is won't you just buy the business that I'm working at, the parts business that I'm working at. And then we'll have you a parts department at miss you motorsports. So that's, that's what he ended up doing. I don't know that that was ended up being the best business decision for him in the end, but man, I tell you, I, I spent four, four and a half years at Michigan Motorsports, and uh, I learned a lot from Eddie. Uh, Eddie taught me a lot, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Until I went on my own in 2006, the stuff that Eddie taught me or tried to teach me didn't matter to me or didn't like sink in until I went on my own and I had nobody to depend on. And at that point it's your, you better figure it out. You better have it. Cause I mean, there's a lot of people putting a lot of money into you. Joe Wright at Ultramax. Um, he helped get my business going. I didn't have anything. I had, I mean, at Michigan Motorsports, I, 
I mean, I barely made what well, made ten dollars an hour. I mean, what can you really do doing that and going to college at the same time? So, I mean, as if it wouldn't have been for Joe Wright and uh, you know, my business probably it would have probably never happened because I just didn't have anything to work with. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It just that's it's insane. And you know, I, like you said back when you before you realized it because. You know, when you're working with him, you're like, okay, yeah, this is cool, learning all this stuff. But then you go on your own, and it's like, oh, I should have been listening and not just hearing him. I'm like, okay, we need to need to settle down and get to it. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I I was listening, but man, it just didn't make sense. I I think honestly, I was working so many hours there, and you know, I was um, something a little bit more of a tidbit people probably don't know about me i was i went to college i uh majored in radio television broadcasting and i was working at fox 8 in uh in the greater greensboro area uh doing my internship so i would have to be at the tv station at no later than 4 a.m after working doing homework doing all that and i'd be and i'd work i'd work at the tv station until we went off the air at nine o'clock and then uh nine o'clock in the morning then i had to be i go straight to eddie's work till you know start working at 9 30 then have to leave and go to school at you know four o'clock or whenever that was and man, it was it was tiring so it's hard to really i think that i think time just flew by at that point and it's like when I when I sat back down after the fact, that was, I think that's when stuff started to sink in a little bit more than what uh, what it was, you know, prior to that. I, I I met a lot of people working for Eddie, a lot of great people. Um, man, I tell you, a uh, lot of lot of his customers. Like I started going, you know, I was doing ended up being the one going to the nationals, going to the state races, stuff, the South Carolina state races, the nationals and, you know, tearing up the customer's engines down stuff like that. And meeting a lot of people that, you know, I kept, uh, that I kept in touch with, uh, you know, after that even, and, you know, just a bunch, bunch of good people. Eddie had a lot of good customers back then that, uh, th- uh, you know, many of them that I'm still friends with today. And, you know, that, uh, it was it was tough working there. It was a tough place to work. Um, uh, we we just uh, I, it, it was just that's all I'm gonna say. It was pretty tough to work there at times, and uh, it. But like I said, just great people that we ended up uh, have you know m- making friendships with in the end. Um, that I, that like I said, I I'm still still look up to those people today. Definitely. And it's a big thing. You got to, you got to go talk and you got to be open to talking people. That's the only way you can build friendships and, you know, get knowledge and and gain things, you know, just, just excel yourself, putting yourself around the right people, you know? Yes, sir. So Matt, you talk about your time with Eddie and, you know, your time with your internship and everything. And, you know, I know that going through college with an internship and everything, it's, stressful with homework when and like where did that the light bulb click that you wanted to you just wanted to be the best and you wanted to learn as much as you can to be the best um so i got i I was you know i enjoyed what i did at eddie's but whenever it had my name on it that was uh mc motorsports and you know that that's when i um 
I, as far as the competitive nature, I think I became a way more competitive person whenever I did my own business. Um, whenever I did my own race team, stuff like that, it was just, I feel like I became much more competitive and I am extremely competitive today. And if you want to, uh, you want to see how many times you can get heads or tails on a quarter when you flip it. I want to get heads more times than you. I mean, I was just something <laughs> stupid. I just, you know, it just made me way more competitive because I have my name on it. And, uh, and also I don't, you know, I don't, a lot of people may have forgot at this point, but, uh, at towards the end of 06 right there, my first year of business, uh, uh, Tim Fischel was working with me at Eddie Misuse uh, that whole time before, and we both kind of wanted to leave. And Tim wanted to do his own thing, and he just didn't quite. I don't think he trusted himself enough to have the resources to do it. I sure still didn't have the resources, but uh, I, I guess I was willing to take the chance. So we ended up. Um, I hired Tim to come over and we did an engine program. And with the help of, again, um, the guys at Ultramax helped me. Um, uh, Darren Barnes was a, a customer of mine that helped me a lot. My dad helped me. We started an engine program over um, at Tim's at Tim's dad's house and in their shop. And we did that for a few years and uh, didn't really see where it was working out for me on the business side. And, uh, ended up letting get that go and Tim ended up buying it from me. So he ended up buying the engine part and, you know, he still has it today and he's doing great with it. And, uh, just, uh, you know, another person that I just have been able to establish a great friendship with and, and be able to, you know, to call and talk to anytime I want to these days, you know, he's just, uh, just another great person that I've met through carding. Definitely. Yeah. That's so, I think, uh, Oh, no, I just th you, I, th I think carding is so cool because of the relationships you can build. I think that just says so much about our sport about how much you can just build relationships with people, and you might not see them all the time, but you can call them up anytime and talk to them. Absolutely, man. I tell you, there's I don't I don't have I'm not the guy that just that talks to a lot of people. I kind of just keep to myself. But there are people that I've met through this sport that uh, I just man, I've made some great friends and. Uh, and, uh, and, and the older I get, the more I cherish those friendships and those relationships. And I care more and more about those people. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, friends, just, uh, my buddy, Daniel Armstrong, for example, he, uh, and they just had a little baby and man, that's that I, I couldn't be happier for, for, for Daniel and his wife, Samantha, man. It's just, uh, I just, I just, I'm looking now at, it's cool to win races and I, and I'm here to do that and do my job. But at the same time, man, I just, uh, I'm just enjoying watching people and I'm so proud of, I'm, I get to be so proud of people I watch just that I watch from being kids to growing up and, and being, uh, being fathers and, being uh doing their own businesses and everything it's so cool to watch watch guys like that you know and i and i did help anytime they had a question i'd be glad to you know to help people that you know that i feel like were where i was at at one point and you know when you you were starting up and you're trying to have the confidence to make it work you know just don't give up just keep going and uh just keep working hard and you know if you don't work hard then there's somebody that's going to work harder than I mean, that's just all there is to it. And, uh, that, that's the way the sport works. And that's what drives me. I mean, with, uh, 
I'm probably getting away from the talking point right now, but oh, I mean, I, I just, uh, I feel like, uh, man, I, I, I remember making a, a Twitter post not long ago. It's like sometimes the best medicine is to look at somebody else's victory lane picture from that weekend. And that right there will drive you. It's either going to drive you or if you don't care, it's going to, it's going to hurt you and you're going to go backwards. Um, so sometimes I have to look at those. I make myself look at them. Boy, I'll tell you what, it'll make you, it'll make you blood bull. And it does, especially if it's certain people that, you know, just get under your skin. It just mm-hmm. makes it that much worse. So, you know, just, you, I just, uh, I, I want to be, I want to be driven and uh, just work hard. And I, I want people to get their, what they, what they pay me, uh, you know, to do their work. I mean, I want to, I don't want to let them down. And that's, that's where I'm at in my life is what can I do not to let those people down and, and give them what they're, what they are expecting from me. Definitely. And if it doesn't so, light a fire underneath you, then you might be in the wrong sport. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I tell you, that's, I'll get the dragon sometimes because boy, I tell you, you know, you can get burnt out. It's, we, we travel and we race almost every weekend. And this time of year, this is kind of a wet season for us on the East coast. Um, we, we tend to get more rain outs in the first three months of the year than we do the rest of the year. Like, but when we get moving in the summer, man, I'm begging for a weekend off. It's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, cause you know, it's 90, 95 degrees and you're sweating your butt off every day. And, it's just dragging you down, you know, sometimes you need a weekend off. Um, but at the same time, when I'm taking that weekend off, I'm thinking getting that much further behind. I'm getting mm-hmm. further and further behind where we're, our tire scuffing is getting behind. Um, I, I, Todd Miller's one of my best friends. And I, we got a joke. I was like, man, I took a weekend off and I was like, I don't even know how to load the trailer anymore. Will you come <laughs> help me load the trailer? <laughs> I just, it's like, I don't, you get into that routine of where you just race every weekend and, and that does, I do, it is good. But at the same time, I guess, you know, you need a little break every once in a while. And this, this seems to be that type of this time of the year. It's like, we're getting to where we, it seems like we're only racing every other weekend and boy, it ain't, it's not too bad, but, <laughs> but I still feel like I'm getting behind because we're not, but. Definitely. Yeah. So we're going to back up a little bit. I remember, you mentioning to my dad, you used to flag a little bit and I got on YouTube a couple months ago and I saw an old WKA race and they said, Matt Connell taking them to the green. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I mentioned that to my dad. He's like, yeah, you told me he flagged. So what, that's, when, when was that? When, when did you take up flag? So that was, um, I want to say, so let, let's go back. Let's go back a little further than that. There's left a little bit out uh, while earlier. Um, Back when I turned 16, I, you know, I kind of said I went to Woodleaf to, to help Tony Belk and stuff like that. Okay, well, I got to being around it so much that I wanted to do something other than race. So I decided to start announcing. I started announcing at Woodleaf on Friday nights. Um, I flagged a little bit. Um, and then I started promoting. And I started doing uh, – started putting some money races on and – and really, man, I tell you what, it's a lot of hard work, and yeah. to do it right, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Back, and we don't, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have text messaging back then. So, I mean, you, you got in your, you got in your car, and you drove to, uh, you know, you drove to 
Phantom Racing chassis, for example, and got out and, and talked to Harold and asked, you know, Harold Wiggins and, and like, you know, ask him about sponsoring. How about sponsoring this money race? This is what I'm looking at doing. This is what I'm going to pay. I mean, just, that's just what it took. And uh, I mean, and it was like that with like just, you know, tons of people, you know, if you want to get sponsors and you want to make that, it wasn't about making the money to me. I mean, I was young. I didn't care about the money. All I cared about at that point was let's, let's put on the best race we can, man. Some of the races I had there, I mean, we, that place couldn't hold anybody else. I mean, it was so, it was so packed and, and people had little trailers back then. I mean, that was not motorhomes or anything like that. And so I got to I got to get my feet wet on the promoting side, the flagging side, the um, announcing side. And uh, Ronnie Miller, Todd's dad, was doing the North Carolina State Series. Um, he uh, him between him and James Moore doing the Maxis More Money Pro Series. They asked me to uh, flag slash do, and also do a little bit of race directing as well. I can't remember exactly how I did that, but I started flagging for for Ronnie because he had saw me flag at, at Woodleaf, and uh, yeah, I, I I me and Ronnie we with North Carolina, and he did more money with me also, if I remember right. Um, we had a good thing going, and we really took pride in running a efficient show that was you rule with an iron fist you still show people respect but you have to stick with what you're going to do and you're going to have to do it no matter who it is and you're going to have to do the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. so i got to doing that with flagging um we uh did you know just uh man the north carolina state series ran a really good show and ronnie and, and everybody involved just did an excellent job and i enjoyed flagging with them and uh, I did that for, I want to say it was three years and, uh, I had an incident at Liberty, um, a guy, uh, I black flagged his driver. It was like, it was a junior sports and champ race. And I black flagged his driver and he came through the, through the tower and started commencing to beating on my head with his fist. And, uh, and, and, uh, the guy, I guess he just snapped, you know, I don't know, uh, I, I saw. I, I guess he didn't like that I black flagged the driver, but I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna judge people the same way. I don't care who they are. You know, when you have a, a call to make like that, you got to make it. And it was no, we were no strangers to black flagging people and keeping driving the way it needed to be. We didn't have any of that chop blocking stuff back then that we see today. I mean, a lot all that stuff would have been black flagged and taken care of. And I feel like a lot of the officials these days are just a little too lenient or a lot too lenient on black flagging people because they're scared of running their crowd off and losing the two or three entries that they would have run off from doing that. Suppose they think they would, they really wouldn't have. I'm telling you, those people will respect you more in the end by making those calls that way. And, uh, I, uh, Anyway, that happened, and the whole racetrack, the whole everybody that was there stood up for me that night. That was a great feeling to know that everybody had my back on that deal. I might have got my head beat in there for a little bit. I think the Lord kind of had, kind of had me in a, kind of had me in a, a sheltered spot where honestly it really didn't hurt me. But mm-hmm. you know, I get that guy. I'm, you know, he was doing what he was doing. Um, it's just the way it went. I mean, it's, uh, but I, I told him, I was like, that's, 
this is going to be my last one. I'm not dealing with that. That's it's ridiculous. I, I'm ready to go back racing. I, I just I want to race anyway. I want to do the racing stuff. So I went back to that and let the flag and stuff go. I've still done. I've still done a couple one-off races for for different ones here and there that asked me to flag. And uh, but man, it's you can't do both. You you have to be fair in what you do. And anytime there's a doubt in anyone's mind that me having a tire business. Um, you you can't be out there flagging or anything you're doing for against people that you're that are your competitors so it's a conflict of interest it's a conflict of interest correct and i mean so i just said you know that's this that's enough you know um let's you you got to do one thing or the other i've actually considered doing the promoting thing again um going forward uh i actually thought about it and and it's probably going to happen at some point I just don't know when I'm going to be ready. I know uh, the the gold speed people, Max's people have, have talked to me about it. And I'm just like, I'm just not ready yet. You know, I'm, I will be eventually, man, I'm just too competitive. You know, I still want to win races. I still enjoy, I still enjoy doing it. So I'm, I'm not ready yet. You know, just, you know, give me, give me a little time. It, it'll happen eventually at some point, because now I'll tell you, a racer can put on the best races because they've been, on different sides of the fence and they mm. know they know what they know what you want i mean what you need to do um it's uh i i tell you um one of the best best races that i i feel like we go to um you know we just it hadn't been long since we were there at batesville i think shane james and uh and his dad lanier and that whole group there that you know they've been Shane and Lanier have been on the opposite side. I mean, they've been on the racing side for years. They travel. I raced against Shane for years in the WKA stuff. And, you know, they, they've been on both sides of it and they do an awesome job. And you can tell that that group that he, he has assembled there, it really puts on, puts a lot of work into what they do. And a lot of, they take a ton of pride into what they do. And that is an awesome event. And I, and I'm not one of those, I really look, look forward to each year being able to go to, Oh yeah, Shane. Uh, not Shane. Lanier doesn't play. That's for sure. No, he doesn't. I, <laughs> I was driving across his grass the other year. Uh, and, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm telling you, it, it was probably ten other vehicles that had done the same thing, but I was the one that got it, and I got it for all of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned. I'm, yes, sir. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. and and the the magnitude of that event to be able to do the things that, that they do it just it shows so much it does and, and it's cool to see that it brings people together from uh from all the whole the whole country i mean i i really enjoy um i, I always tell people from out here that uh from the east coast that you i really enjoy going out west um and when I say out west, just on the other side of the mountain, because I just feel like there's a different type of people there that still appreciate our sport uh, for for what it is. And they're just happy to race. Um, a lot of times on the East Coast, I feel like we've gotten a little we've gotten a little set in our ways, a little entitled. And uh, I just I feel like when we go out west, I don't see that. I, I, I still feel like out west is like it was here uh 15 20 years ago mm-hmm. um i think it's 
I think the shows are, are well run. Um, I, I just like being around the racers out there. I mean, honestly, uh, uh, just gotten to know, gotten to know guys out there. And it's just, uh, like Eddie bros that, that came and, and has done some subs substitute or driving for Shay. Um, Man, I knew Eddie. G-Man used to pay me to go uh, take tires to Eddie out there years ago, back in the uh, probably around 2009, 10, somewhere right in there. And I got to know Eddie doing that. And I got to know the Krugs that are uh, from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, man, uh, Mike Dickerson, uh, so <laughs> many people that you hear all about. And it's like, you know, you get to know those people. And man, you just, you just want to stand there and talk to them for an hour. I mean, they just, you just really enjoy getting to know those people. And I, I just, I really enjoy going to Batesville because it's, it's, uh, I, I just, I, there's a feeling to that, to that race that, uh, I just feel like everybody's when, when I'm telling you, when people show up to the grid 15 minutes before practice starts to get in line, to get on the grid, they're happy to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah. I enjoy it. That's, that's something we don't see. I mean, it takes everything we can to get people to go out in the first round out here. So yeah. <laughs> it's, anyway, it's just a different group. And and it, and it's I just love seeing people grateful for our sport. Definitely. Yeah, it's um uh, it's fun. I you know, we try to, you know, we we definitely, you know, like you said, we try to put on good shows around here, but it's just more of just, you know, we we all want to win, but it's uh, more of a good time, you know. Absolutely. All right, so we kind of started talked about it a little bit, but let's let's get into the details of the start of MC Motorsports. What uh who did you have a driver initially? Did you drive for yourself? Like how how'd that all start? Let's uh so still back at Eddie Misshues, um I started helping a kid from uh Hortonville, Wisconsin, uh Tanner Bowling. I don't know if you guys any of you guys remember Tanner. Um Tanner related to Matt. No, no, totally no. different. Matt okay. Boland's from Virginia. Uh, okay. Tanner's from Wisconsin. So um, Tanner was a junior three, and he just – the kid was good. He was – and in, he uh, he was an Ultramax-affiliated uh, driver. Um, he uh, – and, you know, and I was starting to get – and I kind of was getting the Ultramax affiliation. Even before I went out on my own, Eddie – Eddie, even though we had our own carts at – at uh Michigan motorsports he really liked brad brad sellers that was running ultramax at the time they got along really good and so he talked really highly of the of the ultramax brand so i you know tanners and his dad they were engine customers of ours at Michigan motorsports so i started going with him and i would bring the engines and the tires and we would when we started racing we raced out of the back of two trucks they brought their truck with the cart and scales and stuff like that i brought my truck with the tires and the engines in it and we raced that way and it sounds uh, like an old nascar story man this is cool hell yeah it was it was cool i mean it's <laughs> i don't know how we did it i have no clue how we did it i mean i really don't know and uh we raced junior three and tanner was getting to the point he w- they really wanted to go to some of these bigger races and l- let's run stock because you know junior three just really wasn't the you know, this wasn't the competition that the stock class were. I mean, the kid, uh, the kid was good. I mean, that's the, in 2005, um, he won the world 100 in 2005. And that, that to this day is still my only world 100 win. And that bothers me really, really <laughs> bad. 
it's like I that was 2005 before I even knew what I was doing and it's like can't win it since then it's yeah. so it's it's one of those that just oh just he it, drove from Wisconsin to Florida all the time I mean Golly. every they drove every weekend in that truck and I drove in my truck and we would meet at the racetrack he sat on pole at the Baker Florida had a 10,000 to win race that was back before 10,000 to win was common that, it yeah, was, that was unheard of yeah yeah and uh, I think that was still in 05 and Man, I'll tell you what we did. He he had a he had a set of tires that he would roll the cart into the truck, you know, so it would so that's what it, you know, he, he could roll it into the truck at the end of the night or whatever, you know, and that's the way it that's the way it rode on the way home was those tires. Man, that track was so good. Those tires that we that we just rolled the cart in, they punched 70 and they sit on pole for that 10,000. <laughs> hey, cool. Like the one time with Akersol and sent him out there and he sit on pole. And that is absurd. That's that's the kind of things people wouldn't would never I think know. about. I mean, you everything else on the Fred Flintstones. Soft. Yeah, was, everything was too soft. That was back in the Blue Maxis days. Um, I want to say the the low rubber, the low rubber Maxis stuff. I, I think I, I can't remember. Um, I guess they call them thins, um, thins also. So, uh, but yeah, that were, unfortunately, I really wanted to run those tires again in the race and, uh, and I, and I may have, but it got just enough dark to where we just didn't have enough bite in the race. And, uh, I think Jason Scruggs won that race, uh, 10, the 10,000 to win there at Baker. Baker was a cool place. I mean, it was huge. Um, just, it, uh, it's actually opening back up. Yeah, that yeah. I think that's cool, but you know what's not cool about it? Where it's at, boy, I tell you, I feel like <laughs> yeah, it's you in the middle of nowhere. Two days and still not get there. <laughs> yeah, like we went there and we drove up the Friday night before. This was probably like 2011, back before it closed down, and we're just in some back roads, pine trees everywhere. Oh, yeah. Don't know when a corner's coming up. If it's a nope. ninety degree something, it's just it's it's off in the backwoods for sure. Yeah, it, it it has so much uh so much history to it though that man it it makes racing on it worth it and uh I remember going to Nationals there. Uh, unfortunately, I remember I, I think uh one of, I can't remember if it was the year I went or the year before. I think somebody actually lost their life at that race uh wow. at the WK National there. Um I, was, I think it was like probably 03 or I, I don't know somewhere in the the O's. Uh, that's that seems like yesterday, but you know what? That was over twenty years ago, and that just <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that cool uh, track, yeah, for sure. Uh, man, it was fast. Man, it just uh, it's about as fast as you really want to go around a racetrack. So, um, yeah, that, but that kid, that was my first driver. That uh, you know, like I said, we did what we did there. I started the business, and he was still, you know kind of back and forth with junior three and stock. Um, he went back to, to running junior three for the most part. Um, and, uh, I started getting, I think, I, I think what I did next, I, I had, uh, I had Annabeth Barnes running junior one. I remember I had, those days. Yeah. Eric, Eric Riggins running junior two. Um, I had uh, Tanner running junior three, and I had Jerry Mullis running stock, yep. and uh, that was a that was a pretty good team right there. And um, 
I, I still don't think I knew what I was doing. And uh, so, I mean, I was doing the best I could and, uh, you know, just trying to, trying to make it work and just kept learning. And uh, that's kind of where I got to start. And people, Ultramax was sending me tire business. I was doing tires for people all across the country and sending them out and uh, got a decent tire following there. And uh, that's, that's kind of where MC Motorsports got its start was in 06. And like I said earlier, you know, we started the engine program. So we actually were able to have a, you know, a tire program and engine program and, and, and selling Ultramaxes then, uh, Ultramax backed us with contingencies. They backed us with, uh, with, with the chassis and, and, and just whatever we needed back then. They, uh, the support that we were getting from Ultramax from, um, from Mr. Chuck and Mr. Joe was, was great. And, uh, I had never had anything like that. I mean, I, I was just blown away at what they would allow us to do. And, and I, uh, I was so grateful still to this day for, for everything they did to help me get my business going. And what chassis was it back then? It was, uh, so it was the blaze octane. Yes. That we yeah, that's started with uh, Tanner in 05, 04, 05. And that was a really good cart. And, and I think we ended up going, we ended up with the Inferno in 06. Inferno, yeah. Yeah, the Inferno in 06, I think, uh, 07, I think we still had Infernos. And then we in 08, I think we kind of started trending towards the element. And uh, and that was, the, you know, like I said, that was the next one that uh, we had. And I stayed with Ultramax uh, through the middle of 09. And uh, some things are going on there that that were not in my favor. And uh, it just, it was best for me to, to walk away and, uh, and it's pretty hard to do, honestly. I, I'm not the type of person that likes to to move. I am a I am a creature of habit, of routine, and I do not like change. I am extremely <laughs> against change, and it's it's hard for me to, I mean, throw a new pair of socks into the into the mix. I'm, I'm just yeah. like I I just I'm all I get into I get into the way I do things and I that's the way I want to do them and uh, so it's hard for me to to leave and uh, to do that and we ended up uh, I ended up going with uh, JT Steelwag and his Millennium stuff there for a little bit um, I was I was kind of having a rough kind of having a rough time right there in my life uh, personally and uh, uh, stayed with you know stayed with JT there until. Uh, later in september and then i went 20 minutes down the road to uh harold wiggins at phantom and and just got welcomed with open arms and uh man there for a while did i'm telling you um i i can't believe that it's i I, i'm shocked that i'm not there today honestly it's uh those i love those people to death um they are so good to me um Again, Tony Belt there, um, you know, which I had a I had a history with. Man, his dad was Tony's dad, uh, great guy. I got to know when I was racing. Um, he was he'd always uh, come to watch Tony race, and he'd watch me race, and I'd always get in his truck and sit and watch Tony race with him, and got to know him. And he passed away one night on the way home from the racetrack, and boy, oh, that that hit me really hard. And uh, I just uh, got to be got to be close with 
you know, with Tony and uh, and every and Harold and Stacy and that everybody that worked there. I mean, they were just so good to me. And uh, man, I could just go in there and just walk in and do whatever I wanted to, you know. And anything I needed, they would they they always took care of. And and I enjoyed being there. And like I said, it's very hard not to be there today. Um, just uh, just things change there, you know, with with just the way things were set up and, you know, in, in 2020 and, uh, it just, uh, was not, but it was, there was, there was just not the, what I needed to do. I guess it was time to time to do something a little different, but I'm telling yeah. you, it was, it was an extremely hard decision to do because man, I get so invested into the people of, of the sport. And that's, what's important to me is nothing but the people and the, friendships and the relationships and everything that you establish it was yeah. a, it was a big shock when we when people started seeing that y'all had changed over to charger it was it was running around really crazy yeah i uh i had blake cisneros at that point in uh in that year and they they were unhappy with the way the fam carts were running and I don't know that there was anything wrong with the Phantom carts. I just, they just wanted Shay. I also had Shay at that time too. And Shay was running better than, than Blake was. And Blake, Blake and the, the guy that was, that was helping fund his racing were just like, man, can we run chargers with Shay? I mean, that way everybody can be on the same car, you know, cause everybody else I had was on chargers at that point. And, so that's what I I said. Okay, I guess we'll do it. You know, that's what we'll do. If that's what we need to do. That's what we'll do. And so we did. And man, it was a hard. It was a hard decision um, to do that. You know, just from the re- relationships and friendships that I had established with everybody at Phantom, because I almost felt like I was letting them down and you know turning my back on them when it really wasn't that way. That's not what I felt. And I, I still to this day, I mean. I saw Tony Belk at Millbridge last year. I started taking uh, Braden to uh, run Millbridge with the wing cart. And I, Tony brought me some parts and he come in there and I'm like, you know, he come in the trailer and I about lost. I'm like, man, I miss you. I miss you so much, man. I just, cause I, those guys, you know, I just, I was around them every, it, you know, twice a week, most of the time. And I'm just like, you know, I really miss those guys over there and they were so good to me. And, it's just, uh, you know, it's just part of part of life. You know, you got to do what's what's best for the situation that you're in, for the business, for uh, for the race team. And I just had to look at what was best for, you know, for for that, and not myself, um, um, man. I, but but at the same time, I mean, what what I've established with Charger Racing chassis and. Uh, Boomer, you know, Boomer pays for Shay's racing and, uh, he, him, uh, you know, I don't, I only have a few customers now because I, that's what they, that's what they want for me to do is just to do a couple, have a couple drivers and that's it. You know, I can concentrate on two drivers way better than I can concentrate on sending tires out to 25 people. And, yeah. you know, because I had to make my mind up, do you want to win races or do you just want to do, you just want to sell tires and, I just made my mind up that I'm just at the point in my life. I just want to win races and that's all that's important as far as, as far as that goes versus selling a bunch of tires and, you know, and all that. So, uh, 
yeah, got going with Charger there, and uh, you know, Shea had that relationship. And uh, man, I just uh, racing with Shea Chavis um, <laughs> did it, did it in uh, 2017, did it. 2018. Then we started doing it again in 2019, and we've done it since. And I've just pretty much told him, I said, buddy, as long as you want to do this right here, I'm your guy. And as, as long as you want me, I'm your guy. I, I don't. You know, whenever you're ready to be done, then I'll do something different. But until then, if you want me, I'm here. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. I, I enjoy racing with Shay. We speak each other's language, and uh, uh, and it's just uh, we're not the same people, but we <laughs> it just it just goes it goes good. I mean, Shay is a super super smart person and i don't think people realize he's smart as he is um but man he, he just his uh his feedback and and triggering he he triggers things in my mind and i trigger things in his mind that i can't get that with anybody else i, I or i've yet to do it you know it's just not uh it just seems to work so uh i you know whenever Whenever he's ready to be done with it, you know, you know, be that's fine. But uh, as long as he'll have me, then uh, you know, I'm right there with him, and I'll back him up. I know he's going through some issues right now with his back, and got actually got to race this past weekend, made himself a suit, and uh, hey, he's back in victory lane. Um, looked like he uh, he looked like he hadn't missed a beat there. So uh, yeah, I almost got that pro clone. Uh, yeah to the last corner yeah he, he uh i think he i think if he had those last two laps to do over again he probably would um but did an awesome job in the in the 390 the one after that so uh made up for it in that one and uh man i just like i say couldn't be happier with that guy and uh just uh and i've made a have made a good friend with him as well and um really enjoy uh Watching his son come up, also, you know, watching Sawyer race. Uh, still trying to, you know, get the gas pedal down, stay with <laughs> it, and uh, and uh, it's. I'm I'm seeing sides of Shay. He's just like I'm like, just calm down. Sorry, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna take time. You know, he's he's not gonna be a hero right off the bat. It's just not. He's five years old. You know, he just yeah. got to. And when he wants to do it, you do it. If he don't want to do it, don't push him. You know, it's just, and I and I say that for all the parents. I mean, don't don't live your dream through your kids. Let you know, let them let them steer the ship as far as that goes. Don't don't steer it for them. It's in a in a in the way of don't force them to race. If they don't want to race, if they want to go to the racetrack and play with their friends, let them play with their friends. You know, but that let that go kart sit at home. You know, and they're eventually they'll be like, man, I want to race. And that and, and you tell them, well, that's uh, you're going to have to choose what you want to do. Do you want to you want to work on the stuff? Do you want to you want to be invested in it? You know, that's that's what's important. And uh, I, I just uh, I think the more moms and dads keep their kids involved into the the actual working on it and studying it more, uh, the better off they're going to be. And, uh, and, and I'm telling you the family time that they get through moms and dads and, and child working together. Um, I've watched, I've watched the dads and the, and the kids especially get much, much closer than what they were versus, uh, 
the dad just yelling at the kid when he screws up, <laughs> you know, just, uh, I feel like if that kid messes up, he begins to accept some responsibility for his, what mistakes he's made. I feel like when these kids that I work with have worked with, um, begin to accept their mistakes and what they, what they do, they can come in and, you know, Braden can come in and be like, man, I, I just, I just missed the corner. I just, I got too low. You know, I'm like, I couldn't get that out of him a year and a half ago. And it's like, you've got to, you've got to accept responsibility for what you're doing. If if I miss the tires, I'm going to be like, buddy, I was, I was off on that. That was on me. You know, I'm sorry. And, but when it's on him, I'll, now he comes in and tells me when he screws up and it's, it's kind of cool. And Landon Huffman was the same way. Um, I probably until Braden come along, um, I don't think I've ever invested into a kid what I did into Landon uh, just as far as a emotionally um, it's uh, just the kid. Uh, I watched that kid go from, you know, kind of being there hanging out to he's doing all his own stuff. And, and I begged that mom and dad, please let him work on it. Please let him work on it. He's going to, it's only going to make him better. And, you know, the, the parents are a little nervous. They're like, well, what if they mess it up? What if they don't do it right? And then they go out there and something screws up. Hey, that's okay. That's they're going to learn from it and they're not going to do it again if that happens. So, um, that it's, it's, it's refreshing to see kids, um, actually, uh, learning and, uh, and it makes them better people. It makes them, you know, become better people when they step out into the world, you know, actually accepting some responsibility. And cause I see adults that, that want to make excuses for why everything happened. You know, you go, you can go read Facebook and see why somebody didn't win a race. It's like, you know, there's gotta be 40 of them that look the same and they're all making the same excuse, some kind of excuse of why they didn't win. And, but they don't ever want to take the, the blame themselves and for what they did wrong. And, man, that, that gets under my skin probably more than anything. It's like, accept your responsibility and take the blame. It only makes you a better racer and a better person. Yes, I, I agree. Like you said, with the kids, it's just trial and error. That's the only way to learn. You make a mistake, you know, it's not, it's as long as you make it a learning lesson, you know, it's not, the mistake sucks, but if you learn from it to not do it again, it it's, it's a, it's a good thing. Absolutely. No doubt. I just, uh, I love, I love seeing the kids do that. I mean, even if it's rough for one weekend because of it, Hey, we're learning, we're learning to build for what really counts and that's the future. Definitely. And so we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back a little bit. Um, you know, when you like, I'd say it, this was still in the Jerry days when, um, I think you were a little bit more established though, but you were, you, you had a red body number 81 with the flames and everything. Um, you know, where did the 81 come from and the, and the red flames that this favorite color or something like that? Uh, so Tanner Bolin, let's go back to Tanner Bolin. Oh, four Oh five. That was Tanner's number. Um, mm -hmm. Tanner was 81. And, uh, so I just decided when I started the business that that was going to be our shop number 81. I thought it was a cool number. It looked good. And, uh, I said, that's going to be our shop number. So, uh, cause Tanner actually, um, he graduated from carts, went, ended up going to, uh, running pavement late models and, uh, up in, up in Wisconsin. And so, you know, he didn't need the number and I just, basically took the number and made it our shop number at that point. And, uh, 
uh, as far as the bodies go, uh, I mean, red's fast. <laughs> I don't know. At that <laughs> point. I mean, red looks fast. I, I, there was just, I really, I'm not, a, I don't really care so much for the, the decaled up bodies that are, you know, that guys are spending $200 on to get a decal wrap or whatever it, I don't know. It's overkill. I just seem to spend that money on tires or something, yeah. you know, useful. you and my dad, both <laughs> my dad, my dad hates mailbox that. numbers yeah. all the way. baby. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and so I'm guessing that's, and you know, we well, I want to talk about I mean, why we went 11, but I'm sure that's why you went sleek black, just stick, yeah. just, just numbers. And, and, Absolutely. On it. and so where did the extra one come from? Okay. So, Basically, where the 811 came from, um, I started noticing, paying attention to qualifying groups in uh, mm. like the tri-state. The yeah, old series. days, bigger number, the later you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. Yeah. We So we started, uh, I said, well, that's about as high numbers you can get right there. We did 181 <laughs> for a little bit, and I noticed it wasn't as good, you know, groups. So start going with 811. And once the people that were doing the scoring – realized what we were doing and, and <laughs> that we all kind of figured it out they started sorting a different way so <laughs> it worked for a little while you know you just gotta you kind of gotta use the system for what you can when you can make the best of it to you know to benefit yourself and and to you know to give try to give yourself an advantage yeah, that's that's why i went from 15 to 115 but Tunica did that back in the day, and the year I went to 115, they stopped doing it that way. <laughs> might have been I because of 811. I don't. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> no, but it, it's cool though because, like, you know, it's you know, we were talking with our our good buddy Chase Meredith, you know, and he he rode for you a couple weekends ago, and he's like, "We're in the 811 this weekend." It's not like it's it's just like it speaks volumes of its volumes of its own self, like just the 811. That's you know, it's cool. It, it it blows me away. Um, I guess I don't think about it that way. To me, it's just I'm just another cart, just another racer, and I don't. I guess I don't look at it as being anything great. I don't know. I just uh, I I don't. I just try not to look at it that way. I, I I'm more into being just. I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm another racer, another tire guy, another another person coming through the gate. And it, nothing special, but uh, talking about Chase Meredith, um, man, I really appreciate the job he did the other week for us and uh, substituting for Shay. Try is just too rough for Shay's back to be able to handle it, and we knew that going in. And uh, same thing with Batesville, same uh, same thing with Daytona there with Eddie and uh, um, Chase, cool guy. Um, didn't know him. Um, a Charger chose uh, Chase to put chasing the seat um with scott and boomer there they uh it's like what, what about chase meredith and because eddie couldn't run that weekend and uh and i was like hey you made the call you call him and get it you know straightened out and set up and we'll do that that's fine and uh so i got to tj newton his uh chase's normal guy he gave me a call with uh with chase and his dad and we we had a had a uh a group a group conversation that night and got everything hammered out and uh, got him in the seat. And it was good to have him in the seat. Kid's actually really talented, um, which I've seen him win races and he done a, a, does a good job for the most part. I, I saw him make one mistake at Williamston there uh, in one of those races. He kind of gave away, he, he had a really good cart and about everything he ran at Williamston. And I, I felt like he did a good job 
in all of those, uh, you know, just had that one mistake, one of those races, I don't remember which, but, uh, I, I'm always going to see the mistakes. I don't see what people do good. I just, <laughs> just the way I'm, I think just the old school way that I'm wired, I'm looking for what you could have, what you could have done better. And what most of all, if it's my car, what could I have done better? Because I always feel like you can improve and you just, you can't ever be happy or ever settle for, I don't, I don't care if you win by a straightaway. Well, why didn't we win by half a track? And, mm-hmm. you know, what could we have done to do that? And and that's what I'm picking and pulling at and, and trying to, trying to make better. So, uh, but, I, you know, talking about Chase and, uh, man, I, I'm telling you, like, I've been so blessed to work with, uh, you know, people think that, that I'm great and that I do good and I have a great car and I have great tires, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. What, what's done it for me has, is that I've gotten to work with the best drivers in karting and I have worked with probably way more people in karting that anybody even knows about that, you know, I mean, go back to uh, Cole Johnson, super talented kid. Um, I got to work with him when he was a junior and uh, when he first was uh, in junior one, I think maybe even junior two a little bit, you know, working with people like that, um, working with um, Austin Yarrow, working with, uh, or go back even further, Wilson King, Eric Riggins, uh, Jesse Riggins, um, you know, Shay, uh, all these kids that I've gotten to work with, um, now getting to work with Braden and uh, Landon Huffman, like I said, probably one of my favorite kids I've ever had. I mean, I've, I've just gotten to work with such great people that, like, I'm I'm the lucky one. I feel like I'm the guy that's getting – I'm getting all the great drivers. So, I mean, I should be good. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. the way I look at it is, like, I think that, I, they choose to come my way and man, I sure am glad they are because, you know, they're, I think they're why that I win races. I, I have the best drivers, so I should win races. And that's the way I look at it. And, um, and I, I just so thankful and so grateful to God almighty for giving me the people that he's put into my life that, that I can, learn from and get to be friends with and, and enjoy and go to victory lane with. And, uh, which I don't do the victory lane thing too often. You won't see me in any of the pictures hardly <laughs> ever. And I did my job. Now y'all can go out there and take pictures. That's kind of how I look at it. So, but I, but I, I, I just, like I said, I just feel like I've gotten to work with the best people. Um, and, uh, that, that's a lot of why I've had the success I have is, is those people like that. And one thing I think is really cool, and I, I noticed it at Tunica, and I've seen it a couple times at a couple of other races, uh, that you, when your go-karts on the racetrack, you're watching it. Like, you're going to yes. go watch it. You know, there's some tire guys that just don't have that ability. They have to stay in the trailer. They do other tires and stuff like that. But you're out there watching. I think that's really cool. I, I, I'm going to, and that's what I tell these guys. Whenever whenever I can't get to the to the racetrack to be able to see what I'm working on, then I've got too much going on. And – I think we kind of got there, um, you know, a, a year or two years ago there. I just, they just had me doing way more than what I was capable of doing and still being able to enjoy what I was doing and be able to keep up with uh, uh, with with the people that are on the, you know, on the race. I, I want to see my stuff. If I can't watch it, what what's the point of me even being there? I mean, yeah, to, to collect a, to collect a check, but what's a check really in all honesty i mean staying in a box all day ain't yeah where you want to be 
yeah, I want to, I want to watch that stuff run because that's the only way I can make it better. And I'm not going to make it better being in the trailer. And, but you're also not going to find me at other people's trailer talking or anything like that. I mean, I'm going to be in my trailer doing what I need to do to make the best out of, out of the situation. And, uh, I, you know, if, if I'm off talking and, you know, gal bent around. I mean, I'm just not, <laughs> we're not accomplishing anything. Yep. Yeah. With one of the most iconic names in the karting industry leading the team, Chavis Racing Products is the premier karting and body seat manufacturer in the country. Whether you're looking for a cart body, seat, or fairing, our friends at Chavis Racing Products will have you looking and feeling best behind the wheel. With over 15 years of experience in the karting industry, Chavis Racing Products delivers time and time again with their quality and customer service. With three different bodies to choose from, seat sizes ranging from Rookie to 2XL, and their newest carbon fiber options, they are always thinking of new and innovative ways to improve comfort and performance for racers. To find out more, go check them out online on Facebook, their website, ShavisRacingProducts.net, or give the shop a call at 706-840-1886. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that the guys at Vortex and Fuel sent you. Well, before before we get to the next talking point, um, I wanted to congratulate you on your WKA Hall of Fame. I mean, they don't just give those out, man. And you are the most deserving person I know in this sport to get that. So congratulations. Yeah. I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, that was, I, I was, I had no clue. Um, I didn't even, honestly didn't even realize they were doing a hall of fame and um, started. Uh, and and then and Todd may have told this story the other day uh, in his, in his, in his podcast there. Um, I noticed we were going down the road and Todd's uh, Todd was pulling his camper and uh, his dad was pulling his camper. Like, why is Ronnie coming this weekend? I don't <laughs> make sense. And, uh, but he was. So uh, anyway, we, we got down to the racetrack and everything. And uh, Wendell Chavis came over. He's like, Hey, you got to go. And I think it might've been <laughs> 1130. You got to go at 1130 to uh, the driver's meeting. They give Todd the hall of fame award. I was like, really bad this is perfect this is awesome because it went the other way for todd they were like oh you got to go see matt get the hall of fame thing and and, because he wasn't gonna go to the driver's meeting either he's like you gotta go watch matt go go watch matt get the hall of fame award it's hilarious that he said for yeah i I text i text daniel uh daniel armstrong i was like hey hey come to the trailer right fast and i was and he come in there and i was like hey do you know todd's getting the hall of fame and yeah yeah um and he taught, he's like, yeah, I know about it. And uh, he's like, yeah, you need to make sure you go down there too. And, and we'll, we'll all go down there and watch, you know, we'll go down there and watch him together. So we got time. We went down there and watched together and Todd walked up and Todd wouldn't even speak. And I'm like, what's wrong with him? And, you know, he was, he was starting to notice some people that were standing there that, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, and then we got to uh, me and Daniel sat there and I got my phone ready. Cause I was going to record Todd getting the award. And, uh, and I started, started as they started talking and everything. And I started, uh, thinking, you know, I said, these son of a guns. I said that they, I hope they didn't, I, they better not say anything about my name. I was <laughs> like, I surely not. I mean, I'm Todd's older than me too. So, I mean, it's not that time. <laughs> and, uh, we start recording and, uh, Daniel starts, Daniel recorded too. And, 
And they said my name. They said Todd's name. And then they said my name. And I said, you son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I put the phone down from recording and walked up there. And I was like, you, yeah, what in the world? <laughs> it's just, I've been uh, got. <laughs> yeah, we got got for sure. And, uh, <laughs> and man, it was, uh, it could not have been. I just wish I could have prepared, you know, you know, the guys at the NASCAR Hall of Fame and stuff like they get to prepare their speeches and stuff like that. And I got up there just looked like a total idiot and uh, <laughs> had no clue what to say. Um, but but now, I mean, just so thankful to um, so grateful for being chosen to do that. And uh, I, I, I don't even I still don't even know what to say on that. I just I just. I mean, I guess it's time to retire. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I told Todd we were getting old. I mean, we're just it's about time they uh, about time they called called the hearse in. I guess put some statues up or something. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we're getting ready to go to the the old folks' home here pretty soon. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we were both super grateful and. Uh, enjoyed it enjoyed every minute of it and uh yeah in our group text now i mean we're both hall of famers <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we don't mind telling everybody about it so. <laughs> so matt going back to a previous note that you just said you know you were talking about hammer down so the 811 everybody sees it on the side on the body panels it says hammer time down at the bottom where did that come from Okay, so uh, when I when I had to, whenever I was going to do my own business in the beginning of 06, I'm, I was like, what can I make my business name? What could be my business? Okay, first initials are MC. Okay, that sounds good. So I asked Mr. Joe, Joe Wright, and I was like, does that sound that all right? And he said, yeah. So I kind of just started going with the MC Hammer theme. You know, yeah, had yeah. The, <laughs> on the engines, we had uh, Can't Touch This. We had that as the slogan can't touch this and then uh <laughs> and then on the tire side we had it's hammer time so that's that's where that came from i thought i i thought it kind of had something to do with mc hammer and all that kind of stuff mixing together but yeah that's and i really wasn't even an mc hammer fan like i didn't even know who <laughs> that was or anything I just, I just i just used his i just used his whole deal there so uh but now i know it i know the song and heck, <laughs> Combs played it every once in a while we went a race and uh I just it just kind of grew on us and just, just owned it. Kept, now you own it. Yeah, now yeah, now we got to show it. So uh, we just keep going with it, and uh, it is what it is. Perfect. So you've talked about you know wanting to be watching your carts on the track, watching the track conditions, seeing your competition. Not so much staying in the trailer working on tires, but how did that come into play when you were developing a prep line? Like what came into that? The thought process and how did you manage that that balance? Um, as far as the prep line goes, um, I've kind of I've kind of grew that as time has gone. I've, I'm, I've always I've always had the preps to sell, but at the same time, I, the what what has changed is the tires. The tires have changed when with Maxis, for example, when we went from a, a full rubber. Uh, a thick blue to a low rubber blue. Um, 
then we went to the the pink maxis uh that we have now the 800s and the 900s the sidewalls changed in the tires the the actual uh the actual compound of the tire changed and you just got to stay with it and and i just kind of continuously just kept changing with those tires because i feel like what worked with one maybe didn't work so good with the other and you just you just kind of keep uh you just kind of keep plugging along and trying different things i mean and, and to this day i mean i just continue to keep testing and you know try to get better um seems like what we got right now seems to to be good it's really simple um we have an inside a weekly prep and a and a track prep and uh and i just you know i tell folks if you want anything more aggressive you just uh you, you got you've got goat pee you've got green prep um you, you know you've got uh the track tack line of products that that are you know very oily and more aggressive and uh I, you know, tell people just to, to go with that if they want more aggressive. We've, we've got the three that we've got. And uh, I, I, I think that kind of the inside prep works really good for about anything. I mean, honestly, it's uh, I feel good about it. And then uh, the weekly prep as well, just, uh, you know, wiping your wiping your tires in the week and then the more the track prep tends to be more of a, a prep for a a good racetrack um more than the the lesser bite stuff so uh you know you just like a you know just tell folks that you kind of got to use the the more aggressive stuff like that track tack has or the goat peas or the or the green preps um when you need something more aggressive I, i'm not going to have 10 15 preps um, to sell, to try to keep up with, for people to keep up with. I feel like the easier I keep it, the more simple I keep it for, for prep customers, the better off they are. And I mean, I have guys text and, and message me that, you know, thank you for having it so simple because, you know, it's just, you can go with other lines that are just really tough to keep up with it's just too much to keep up with that you end up just getting yourself hurt you know as far as uh just hurting yourself there with uh too many variables and uh you try to just keep that try to keep that down try to keep that simple and uh i feel like the customers appreciate it and and they just learn how to work the preps into their into what they're doing at their racetracks and 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 go if they need to need to add a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that to it to make it more aggressive. They can do that. And they've learned that. And I, and I feel like just keeping it base, uh, base simple that they can do the best job with that as, as, uh, as racers ourselves. So we got on your prep line in 2014 and I want to say that it is the easiest prep I've ever used. And it completely changed me and me and my dad's results you know like we really started to pick up and started winning races down here because we, we had some pretty good competition but i remember you made me and michael stanley this purple prep that we used at Gulfport, and that stuff i, I qualified 11th in a race and, I, and we were struggling all day and then i decided to use that and i went from 11th to second with it and me and jamie jamie qualified 10th jamie Knopf, and i just followed him to the front in that purple stuff and it smelled like grape grape soda man it was <laughs> the craziest thing ever yeah that was uh you know i could whenever i would work with people that um that i 
that I knew like the the Stanleys, man, such great people. Um him and Michael and his, his dad. I mean, you you're not gonna meet nicer guys than that. And and you and your dad the same way. I mean, it just uh got to people that I was a little closer with. I could, you know, try to pinpoint something a little more to to fit your racetracks um off of you know what the normal was because the same thing's not always going to work and that's what i'm getting at you know just having to having to add a little bit of this a little bit of that that's more aggressive to to the preps that we already have make you know made them to where what they needed to be and i'm you know able to help you guys with being able to do that was cool and uh you know it's it's tough to do a lot of that just because you know it's you know there's so many people that it's uh but you guys were close to me and I felt like I, you know, you guys were probably more guinea pigs than anything on that <laughs> as far as that goes. I was like, I think this would work. You know, that's what we need to do. Let me, let me send it to you and see how it works. So that's, you know, that's kind of where that went, but uh, yeah, just, uh, just trying to pinpoint with the different race, race tracks and different surfaces is it's, it's tough to do all across the whole country. Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head at Gulfport with that stuff, man. That was magic over there, especially at night. It worked perfect at night. Gotcha. The simplicity of it is uh is very important because once you start throwing too many variables, you can get really lost and uh, you can start drowning, and then you start getting frustrated, and then it kind of ruins the whole fun of the the what the sport's about. And you know, you're trying to run good, but then you're trying to change a million different things, and uh, you just have way too much in front of you. It gets overwhelming a little bit. Yeah, I, I preach uh, in everything I do. Um, I feel like I preach common sense. Um, I think common sense is something that uh, I feel like there's less of in the world today. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it at that. So, uh, um, and then that that goes for that goes for cart racing, regular racing. I just feel like there's a it's like, you know, you, you got engineers that, that are in NASCAR that uh, that their their calculator, their their laptop tells them what they need to what they need to do, but they don't have a common sense button on that laptop. And that's uh and, and I just feel like that's something you a, a true racer that has raced for as long as as, as many people race. Common sense is it, that's the one virtue that you need to hold on to the most because it's just it just you're keeping it simple and uh, again you're using common sense. You brought up NASCAR. We need to put more horsepower in the cars. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let me let bring me, back let me the X pipe. Really, let me solve this real quick for you. Because, yeah, yeah, they probably do need more horsepower, but it goes back to the tires. The tires are way too wide, and yeah, if they I mean, don't get rid of going the on wide here? tires, they if they don't get rid of the wide tires, they're they're the racing at short tracks is just it's never going to be good. I and mean, if you look at when racing was good at short tracks in in the Cup race, um, it's it goes back to when they went to the wide tires with the next gen car, and um, the Xfinity races are extraordinary, excellent, still running the narrow tire. Um, I'm it's a you, series to watch. It's a it series. Is. To watch. It really is. I I enjoy it, and uh, man, I I love NASCAR. And I, I don't care what they do. I'm I'm still going to watch it. Um, <laughs> Same. My, I'm still going to play DraftKings, and I'm still going to 
all my my group of group of buddies that we do our NASCAR picks um, uh, every week. Man, boy, I'm hardcore into that. We <laughs> the are fantasy all, stuff. Yeah, we love too. doing that. We do that too. too. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, we've got a little group. Uh, uh, me, Jamie Kanoff, uh, Daniel Armstrong. Now uh, was Landon Huff, and Landon wanted out this year. He just had too much going on. Uh, Dan, uh, Todd Miller. Um, Hunter Mallory and Austin Yarbrough, us six now, um, are doing a NASCAR picks. And we pick for qualifying races, truck series, uh, Xfinity series, cup, everything. We all, we should have picked for the Mexican race. I just, <laughs> we forgot. I just didn't do it. I just didn't. I mean, if you, uh, from what me and Daniel learned, if you, if you went with Juan, you were probably going to be pretty good because there was quite a few Juan. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that was, that was a cool race to watch. Um, I got to watch it yesterday afternoon. Uh, those cars are pretty cool. Yeah, I'm telling you that, and they didn't have those wide tires either. I'm telling you, they uh, they they look like they were having to wheel them, and uh, that was cool. It, it kind of kind of took us back a little bit to where we used to be, and uh, it was some good racing, and I, I enjoyed it. And but uh, yeah, I love NASCAR, boy. I can't wait till I can't wait till we make our next picks next week for qualifying <laughs> for for the duels for the race, boy. I tell you that right there, that's exciting. I love it. <laughs> You got skin in the, if you got skin in the game, um, <laughs> it just makes watching that race so much cooler. Did, and I did you watch? What, I, I, oh, sorry. Todd Miller wore our tails out last year. He won the regular season and the playoffs. That joker, <laughs> you couldn't tell him nothing. I he, did that. I did that last year. I whooped all of them. It was fun, and it was my yeah, first time it, ever playing. And I, I, it was. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I look forward to it every week. It makes the races more interesting, you know? Absolutely. It makes you want to turn the TV off if there's a big wreck and oh, <laughs> yeah. the drivers are in it, though. Hey, hey, but listen, last year's Daytona 500, Alex and I, we we broke the bank. $10, one is 325 Oh, wow. Good job. We, yeah, we do that like uh, the either-or picks on DraftKings. Okay. And you got to yeah. pick who fit, goes in front of you. And they had the big crash at the end of the race, and we cashed uh. in, so not bad. Gotcha. Hey, you gotta do it. It's it's fun, man. We do that. We do the uh, DraftKings with football too, and uh, and uh, a buddy of mine, Matthew Beeman. We do uh, baseball, and uh, man, I, it's cool. It, get, it breaks the monotony of the day, and just it gives you something to put your mind on other than work, and yeah. uh, just just enjoy it. And yes, it costs a little bit of money if you suck at it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's that much more rewarding if you're not. So. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we, so, we really we really enjoy it. So Matt, I know you live in North Carolina. Were you happy with Saturday night's result or heartbroken with Saturday night's re- result? What what happened? The Duke North Carolina game. I could care less. I, I'm an <laughs> NC State fan, so we're all oh, okay. Said over here. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. I would I would much rather Duke have won though, because if you're an NC State fan, you can't pull for Carolina. That's against yeah. the rules. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I tend to pull more for Duke than I do for Carolina. But but if they I both gotcha. lose, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have we don't have the best sports at NC State. I mean, but we we, we still support them. Win, lose, or draw. I mean, we're we're still going to support them, and uh, <laughs> it just it's sometimes it gets frustrating. Me and uh, me and a buddy of mine, Ethan Hildebrand, we're both state fans, and we watch. Uh, man, I, I just like I, the other week. I'm like, I'm turning it off. I'm I can't watch this no more. It's just so frustrating. It's like 
All right, we could just be Duke fans, and I guess, <laughs> and, and everything would be great. It would be like uh, being a Jimmy Johnson fan back in the yeah. day when he's winning everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody hated Jimmy. Then when Jimmy started losing, Jimmy was everybody's favorite driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made me. He made me hate watching NASCAR. I'm not gonna lie. I, I know we didn't have DraftKings back then. We didn't have picks. We didn't have it'd we'd have been making money. We'd I quit watching. <laughs> Yeah. Did you watch the uh, new little docu series on Netflix? I have not got to see. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I I had to ask somebody what Netflix was. I hate to say it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I just got. I just got Wi-Fi at my house probably within the last month. And Damn. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm learning, and it. Uh, I'm I'm a little techno technologically challenged. I guess is the good term. Um, I mean, it took me till 2019 before I actually got a smartphone. I, I had I had the flip phone for years, and uh, I didn't I, want to give it up. I vaguely so remember you having that flip phone. Oh we yeah, racing. and I promise you, I could out text anybody. <laughs> I got you. speed text any day. That's awesome. Hey, because yeah, back I'm, then you could still text with the latex gloves on. Because you just yeah, press. For now sure. you gotta like, Absolutely. Now you got to work with that me, screen. It me off. Now I'm trying to text at the racetrack or text in the shop, and you can't. You just – I mean, they don't want to do anything. And phones, <laughs> they just they just hate me. <laughs> well, uh, let's move on. Keep on going with the go-karting. Uh, so you, you've, you've had Ultramax, uh, Millennium, Phantom, and now Charger. What, what are you looking for in a chassis? Um, what I'm looking for in a chassis is something that is the most, I feel like the most tire sensitive thing is not what you want. You want something that the, and I'm going to speak probably from not necessarily just me, but if, uh, just someone that is, uh, in the race, just a, just a normal racer and, you know, they need something that if they miss the tires that they're not completely in left field, they need something that, uh, that they can hit it more than than not hit it, and uh, and that and that's the biggest thing is having this having the widest tire window on a cart, and and still that cart being able to drive good like that, and and still make roll speed because we've we've had carts that have super good roll speed, but they're on edge, and uh, and then working with some of the best drivers, I mean, they're going they're driving their stuff to the edge, so it's easy for them to overstep that when they have a cart that's already kind of on edge, you know? So it's, I feel I've found that it's better to be able to give that driver something that's more stable on entry and um, be able to, uh, for them basically to be able to get more out of it, be able to get the most out of it than what they could, um, you know, with a cart that's just, they're always, there's a chance, there's a 50% chance that they could drive it off the racetrack coming off the corner. So that, that's my thing. It's just giving them stability where they can do their jobs and they can be the heroes and the, and the, um, and that they are and the all-stars that they are by, you know, just having something that keeps them in the game. It also helps with a little bit of their confidence to where, and, and your, and, and your confidence too, of like, okay, if the tire's just a little off, the go-kart's going to make up for it and they're able to still push it. Or like, you know, you're going on the racetrack and, you know, you're hoping you put the right set of tires on and, you know, you're pushing it, like you said, 100% all the time because that's what you have to do. And, you know, you could – anything can happen, you know. Yeah, it's, it's – it's, you know, I feel like 
the days of a guy being able to you having a six fifth sixth place cart and being able to win with that i feel like those days are kind of are gone um i feel like that uh the window of how close competition is today is like just technology uh has tire technology everything has just spread like wildfires um the past probably eight years i would say is when i really noticed it um it's just spread. I mean, it's just word of mouth. People um, just saying, well, this person did this, this person did that. You So it's, it's tough to, if you tell somebody, I mean, you, you know, it better I, be some information that you don't worry. You don't, you don't matter. Yeah. Getting out. Yeah. yeah. If I, like, if I tell Todd, for example, um, Todd's, Todd's our engine builder. And uh, I tell Todd, Hey, you know, I did this. And well, Todd, Todd feels like he is, and he is, he is, um, he, ha- he is tied to be, to try to help his engine customers other than just us. So if he knows something that'll help his engine customers, well, I mean, he should, he should help them with that, you know, I, and, and he does, and he tries to help his guys like that, but that's just kind of my example of how things run is, you know, you tell one person and, they try to help a friend out and it just becomes like a, a raging wildfire it just continuously builds and builds and builds. And, and that has, is definitely tightened our sport up. I mean, our sport has went from being first to 20th being four tenths to where, I mean, it might be a 10th and a half at a lot of racetracks and you can't miss it. So your car, your chassis has to be really close to where, you know, it's, if you miss it, your, your cart's just not plowing or, or whatever it's your, you, you got going on. Cause generally I feel like you miss the tires. Most of the time you're, you're, you're going to be on the tight, you'll be on the push side. Don't let me say tight. That's a race car term. Um, <laughs> push, be on the push side there. So, uh, uh, I feel like, uh, I, uh, I just feel like that that's, uh, that, that window is so tight now that, you just have zero room for error and the closer you can have a chassis to where, you know, those guys can have the, you can, they can get close on the tires. I mean, they're, everybody's there and we all want to help, you know, like charger. I mean, charger has probably about the best um, customer support that I've seen um, myself, like at the racetrack and everything. Um, Scott Williams that does charger. He is like, I mean, he goes from pit to pit. It does not matter who it is. He goes and tries to help. If, if one of the guys are off that, I mean, it don't, I don't care if it's somebody that has a cart that they don't, uh, I mean, they're not a big name or anything like that. I mean, he's going to stop and help those guys, even if it's not, I mean, usually it's their tires that's the problem, but he's still going to try to give them a solution through the chassis to try and make it better. And that, and that's, and that's cool too. Um, it's just, uh, it's everything's so tight. It's just like, uh, it's just the, just the technology of things just run into everybody now. I mean, you just, all the information is, it, you just, it's so tough to be able to just uh, keep things in, in house and, it's 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 really hard to do and then honestly i, I kind of felt like i had that in uh 2015 16 beginning of 17 um or most of 17 and i felt like it just kind of 
it was just hard to hold it in. I think people started paying attention better. And I felt like where we had an advantage there a little while, I feel like we lost that advantage um, just because, you know, things just got closer. The competition was just so much, so tight, you know, from yeah. information spread. So, yeah, I want to say like 2014, 15, man, you were, no that one was, could touch you. That was around a hundred, over $100,000 a year with Austin Harborough, huh? Yeah, yeah and, and then Jesse Riggins. Yeah, uh, sixteen was was great with Austin, and uh, uh, seventeen uh, I had Austin and Shay that year, and they and it was the same thing. They uh, those years, I mean, you just man, I I couldn't have sit back and and prayed those days to you know to be that good uh, to have that you know to have the um, accomplishments and results that we had. I mean, I'm so grateful for being able to have that because you just you better enjoy it because this, a, a JL Furrow always told me, he's like, man, this is a, this is a, this is a circle. He's like, it's a circle. You know, you're on top, you're going to be on top for a while and then you're going to be on the bottom. And then the next person's going to be on the top and then they're going to end up being back on the bottom. And it's just a constant revolving circle in the sport of who's on top. And, and if you don't stay at it and you don't keep working, you, uh, you're, you're going to be back and you're going to, you know, you'll be stat. You just be normal, normal stuff, and you know, been back to the bottom. You know, you just got to work to be versatile and work to to be the best you can be, and 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 not let somebody outwork you. Yeah, well, I want to say you do a very good job of staying up there and not getting to the bottom. I appreciate that. I I, I don't feel that way a lot of times. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, it's uh, it's it's tough and. Uh, the way I do things, I I like to uh, I like to use most of the races as t- as a test to try to get better, and then when it's time for the money to be paid, okay, let's put our best up, you know, let's mm-hmm. go to that. So sometimes you can sometimes you can hurt yourself doing that, but that's just kind of my way of looking at things. To you're not going to get any better if you just keep doing the same thing. So you, yeah. you want to be your best when it counts the most. Absolutely, that's the. Only, I mean, there's usually one race maybe two that pay the best and uh and nobody's going to remember who won those other races um they're only todd always tells me he's like they don't only remember who won the last one so and he's right so that's why i look you at won it. the warm-up well we won the pro so exactly <laughs> yep nobody has a clue who won the warm-up race other than the person that won it so matt we just talked about Shea and Austin and Austin, you know, the, that season and the season with Austin by himself. But what's been the most memorable win for you and the team since, you know, the establishment? Yeah, I, I you know, and I've been thinking about that and I really, I don't know that I have a good answer for it. Um, I just, uh, I think my best answer to that is the last one. And because you just don't know, you don't know if you're going to have another one. You, I mean, I feel like we, we have enough races that we will, but is it going to be the big one? Is it going to be the big race for the weekend? And, uh, man, I've just been blessed to, to be a part of so many different wins that were big. I mean, had teams that, uh, had major, major weekends, um, I, I just can't – I have trouble finding one that just did it for me. Um, I have, uh, you know, favorite tracks that I like to really run good at, and they're generally the ones that 
I do the worst at um, because it's, it's, I want a challenge. And, you know, I just uh, used to, there was a track in Georgia called Chatsworth and it used to kick my butt. And, dogwood? Yes, dogwood. Yes. And it used to kick my butt. And uh, back in the, probably the around 2010 and uh, man, we start going, we would go, I think Hunter Curtis was driving for me, man. We started going down there and running Saturday night races because I was so tired of getting outrun there. It's like, we got to figure this out. And, you know, just, uh, just, you just, I, I, sometimes the ones I don't like become the ones that I want to win the most. Um, Daytona has not always been my best one either. And, uh, really, uh, a Daytona wins a little sweeter. Uh, the location's cool. Um, I probably think more about the ones that we didn't win than I do the ones that the, the one that we won. My biggest regret, um, that I can give right now, um, Landon Huffman, I, uh, we never won. I never won a max daddy with that kid. And he, he was in position to do it. And I feel like I let him down and man, it just, it drives me insane because the kid was way too good to be, not winning the max daddy. And it's like, I put everything I had into him and it just always just seemed to, to, to make the wrong decision at the wrong time and, and not giving what he needed at the right time. And, and that stuff, it, I, like I said, I feel like the races that you lose to me, they're the ones that are more in my mind than the ones that you win. Um, I, you know, I hate to lose way more than I like to win. That's um, a great saying. You got to hate losing more yeah. than you love winning. Yeah. So that's my thing. Um, I think about what, you know, what could we have done to, to been better? And, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating to lose. I, I don't care. I'm, I am not the person that's, I don't care about not winning for myself. It's, it's about those people that have put their, trust in me to give them what they need to to win races and i just i'm there to not let that person down and to give them the best and try to because i i enjoy i mean i watched braden chavis win a junior max daddy at capital city and i didn't run out there on the front straightaway to get in the picture i stood behind the fence with my phone recording and enjoying watching that family uh, get that win and uh, and I did the same thing with Shay when he when he won his later that night same thing it's just I enjoy watching that team and that group of guys and the parents and everything enjoy those wins um, more than I do myself because I, honestly uh, I uh, where my win comes is is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is my savior. And that's, what's important to me being able to, to share who Jesus is and who, and what God does for us and being able to share that with others um, and being able to tell, maybe share it with the share who Christ is with a kid that I'm working with or with an adult even. And that that's what brings me the most happiness is, being able to do that because I feel like that's my purpose in this sport right now is to, to be able to, uh, share, share the Lord with, uh, with others and being able to, uh, be able to watch them be happy. And, um, uh, not, I'm just, I just don't want to be that person that's, 
selfish and all about winning for me. I, I'm I'm there to win for that other guy. And, you know, and I love just watching – I love watching my guys be happy and I love watching the kids be happy and uh, just uh, – it's, it's just – it's changed. It's, it, I, as I've gotten older, I just feel like that I'm more about – I just I just like watching people and, uh, and, and watching them be happy and, uh, man, it's cool. It's cool to see. Uh, it's cool to see Che Chavis on the front straightaway with his little boy riding around the racetrack mm-hmm. uh, with a checker flag. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, um, and I'll tell you, that's that's super cool. And I'm going to really, really enjoy that when uh, Daniel Armstrong gets to do that with his little boy too. When uh, he gets old enough to do it, it's people like that that you know I've watched grow as grow as uh, human beings and uh, and people. I, I'm you know, I'm super proud for what they've, they've made of their lives. And, uh, I just, I'm there to support them and, uh, there to watch them and, uh, just super proud of them. And, uh, uh, and I couldn't be, couldn't be happier with what I'm doing, man. That's, that's cool, man. I hearing that is uh really cool. It just says so much about the character, your character and who you are as a person, because with the success that you have been able to provide for other people with what you've done, um, you could make it about yourself, but, um, for you to sit back and be like, it's, it's bigger than me. It's there's, it's, it's bigger than me. And and that's, uh, that's really cool. That's very cool. Absolutely. So it would be a crime if, uh, we didn't talk a little tire talk, uh, you know, with you. Um, but you know, there, there's, there's variables in the tires, you know, you, so we talked about the prep, um, but there's newer, there's older, there's thicker, there's thinner. Um, you know, if you had any advice for, you know, just kind of dialing in some things for, you know, the general knowledge of tires, um, you know, what, what would you say about it? Um, I, I just, I would, I would tell your, your everyday racer that, um, again, keep it simple and, and use common sense and try not to do too much. Um, do with what you have to work with. Um, uh, I, I think that as far as the, you know, the tires go, the Maxis stuff, um, I feel like the thinnest tire you can get away with the better. And I feel like, um, that goes most of the time on, you know, on pretty decent racetracks. You know, I feel like the, the least amount of rubber that you can get away with, that's more roll speed. And, uh, I think that's important in my opinion. Um, you know, there's going to be times you got to run tires with the most amount of rubber on them. Um, it's just a matter of finding, finding and fine tuning that and, uh, finding what your cart may, your cart may like a little fresher tire. I've, I've not been, I'm not big on that, but I hear that. Um, Hey, this cart likes a little fresher tire than that cart. I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the tire fits the racetrack. Uh, I'm, I don't think the cart really, I don't think the cart really knows it's, it's doing its job. And, uh, if, if the tire didn't fit the racetrack, then it really doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, again, I was, um, that's about as far as that goes. I don't, uh, I, I don't really have any much more to go on that. I wouldn't think. Yeah. And I've, I've heard in previous, uh, times before, like, a a, a better racetrack takes a tougher, a little bit older tire and then a right. worse racetrack takes a newer tire. Um, in those sometimes, aspects, 
sometimes, sometimes. It, it, it depends on the on the chemicals honestly what chemical what does it take um, if it's goat pee you know for example uh, that can change things if you if you goat pee that fresh tire it's going to get real soft real quick if mm-hmm. you goat pee an older tire you can you can wipe it way more and you can uh, build more bite with yeah that. yeah you can that tire may be better that way um there's there's just different there's different ways for everything there's just no set in stone thing i think that that one person can do because everywhere we go it's different i mean like me going to south dakota for the max daddy last year um just totally different dirt um going to uh daytona or going to jasper florida you know it's just every all these different dirts the biggest thing is trying to figure out the dirt what kind of dirt they have and what generally works on that type of dirt and that's just making an that's that's forming a notebook and without a notebook um i'm lost i mean i'm i'm big on keeping trying to have everything organized um having having a notebook, letting that notebook be very deep. But at the same time, having a a deep notebook has gotten me in trouble before because I don't want to go away from my notebook. And Shay has to tell me sometimes, sometimes, you know, just, well, that's not what the the track's different today. Let's, you know, we don't need to go off the notebook. Let's, let's stay away from it, you know? And I have to tell myself the same thing. Let's look at, let's, let's open our eyes. Let's look at this as being something completely different than what um, what you would know, what you had had at that racetrack the last time you went there. But at the same time, I am a creature of habit, and I love my <laughs> notebook. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's a lot of different aspects to it of like you know, a lighter guy to a heavier guy. If you're listening to somebody who's running stock light, stock medium, stock heavy, and you're a super heavy guy, or you have a junior driver, you know. It's it. There's some variables that you kind of have to tweak to your own system that you're doing. Everything works because everything works different for everyone. I mean, I've talked to a couple of buddies, you know, some things we do for Batesville that we're able to get speed out of the go-kart they can't do because it doesn't work for them. So it's just kind of forming your own program. It, it, it's exactly correct. I mean, Batesville, for example, I know I keep kind of going back to Batesville. What worked for me for like Eddie bros that, you know, he was able to win races with, I was also putting tires on Mike Dickerson stuff, which was super cool to be able to do. I mean, <laughs> I would have never thought I would have got to do that, but I was allowed to do it and I did it. And I thought that was super cool. And, uh, cause Dickerson's a, he's a dang hero, man. I mean, oh, it don't yeah. matter where he goes. Everybody knows who Mike Dickerson is. And that boy's and, tough. Um, he's been through a couple of wrecks. He, and he comes back. He is. He's a cool guy. He's a cool talk. I mean, I love having talks with Mike Dickerson and, uh, um, he, you know, what was working for Eddie, I would do with Dickerson stuff and it just wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be. And, you know, that there again, I mean, you're running light, medium and heavy versus running super heavy and it just wasn't working and, you know, needed something different. And it's just, you got to learn what works for you and your class. And, and, and I, and what I tell people, stop running around and asking this guy what he's doing and that guy, what he's doing. Nine times out of ten, they're not even going to tell you the truth, and uh, because for one, they're going, they're running against you, and two, I mean, I mean, just it didn't, it didn't make good sense. I mean, just as you're best taking your lumps yourself and being learning from it. I mean, yeah, it might be bad this weekend, but you know what? You learn from it, and the next time you come back to that same track or that same kind of condition 
you're going to be better because of it. You don't, you don't, and you don't owe anybody anything. You don't owe anybody any information. You know, you all of a sudden get 15 new friends you didn't know you had when you're fast. And, you know, it's like, well, where were those guys when I couldn't run within three tenths of everybody? Couldn't turn in a 40 acre field. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't even know you were there. I mean, they didn't, I mean, they weren't, they weren't your friends then. And, you know, it's just, that's just, that's, that's racing. I mean, that's, Stock car racing is the same. Go kart racing is like that. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just part of the sport, and uh, it it is a little aggravating sometimes. So, uh, kind of why I tend to kind of just keep to myself and uh, you know work with uh, work with a couple people that that uh, you know I really want to see excel and uh, and 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 work with those guys, and that be it. And you know, and the rest of it kind of. You just if if you're slow that weekend, you're slow that weekend. Let's learn from it and go to the next. Note down this conditions; those tires don't work. <laughs> yes, I always got the do not do list. So, uh, or don't ever do list, whatever it is there. So, uh, yeah, do, do not repeat. Yeah, definitely <laughs> do not repeat. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and and those lists can be bigger than the good list a lot of times. So. Well, it's good to know what not to do, at least. At least you can try something else that you don't know if it's going to work, but Absolutely. hopefully you can put it on the do list. Right. Funny, uh, my dad used to say, when we, we race local and, like, when, when we race local and stuff like that, you know, if we're somebody needs some help, and uh, he said, you know, he told me when I started talking to people when I got older and I understood, started understanding what we were doing, how it was going, and he's like, look, dude, you know, you could tell these, some of these people the truth and they're going to think you're lying, and then you right. lie to them and they think you're telling them the truth. He said... <laughs> It's sometimes you're better off just trying to be just talk about something else other than racing because yep, 100%. You know, it's, it's not going to yeah. some sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, it's, it's very cool to be. I, I, I like being friends with guys and, uh, you know, after the race or before the usually before the race more because when it's over with, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready mm-hmm. to get out of there. And uh, but you be friends with guys. Um, let's, uh, you know. Let's let's be. I mean, me and Austin Yarbrough, we're we're super good friends, and you know, we don't even race together right now. And uh, you know, so uh, you know, still we we got we got other things that we're friends about. You know, I don't mind giving him advice if he needs it or uh, or whatever. I, I I you know, we we share other interests that we're friends for way more than just kart racing. And so, you know, sometimes it's like on uh, with Shay on Sundays, I'm like. We're not talking about kart racing today. If you want to talk about football or you want to talk about NASCAR, I'm all good. Let's we go. just did that for 14 hours yesterday. We're yeah. okay. <laughs> and all week. I mean, we do it, we do it all week. Me and him both. I mean, so we're in the we're in the business, you know, he's in the body business and I'm in what I do. And uh, uh let's uh let's let's keep that for those other days. Let's enjoy let's enjoy these uh Sundays, uh, which is usually what it is. But unless you race at Tunica, then then you just don't have any day that week. So. <laughs> no, you don't. I got home on, I got we we drove home that night because it was only about six hours and uh and, cool. You drove home that night? Absolutely. Oh, I'm going God. home. I am not staying over at a racetrack. I am going home that night. It don't matter yeah. where I don't care where we're I mean, uh, only place we didn't go home was from south dakota and i don't think we got to the hotel until two or three in the morning so i mean really in all honesty we, we took a nap we, and- yeah and we started back at six and you know and came home but other than that that's about the only place that that i haven't drove home from and uh 
They been people think I'm crazy, but I don't care. I'm ready to go to the house. My dad's the same way. Like we'll 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 I, go we'll, after Batesville. We'll go to the hotel and we'll we'll take a shower. We'll take like an hour nap to recover from the the, the Saturday night of racing. And we wake up like two or three in the morning, head home, try and get home for like eight o'clock. Miss all the traffic. You're, oh, everything's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I I really want to get home for church too. That's that's something that's very important to me. Is uh, is being involved in, in my church. And, um, I, I, I really want to get there if I can. I, I've walked in there before and not even been able to go to sleep, but, um, uh, I, I mean, I feel like that it's my job to make the Lord, uh, my priority and not put things in front of him because I mean, if I would do so, if I, if I could, uh, stay up and go do something else, then why couldn't I, have, you know, get been in church, church on Sunday morning? If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the abilities that we were able to do. So absolutely, hundred percent. So Matt, you, you talked about it just a little bit, you know, with Eddie and uh, Mike Dickerson, Shay, and Austin. But what when when you have all these different drivers, what's it like learning each of them's um, special and individual talents that you know can't transcribe from one to the other? hundred percent. Good, good question there. Um, I, I, I have people ask me all the time, like, well, who's the best? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, I've worked with two of the best and Shay Chavis and Austin, your brother, super good. And, but at the same time, they both have their strong qualities and they both are, um, I mean, I feel like they're both super good, um, but one of them does uh, some things better than the other does, and the other does some things better than he does at other times. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say that I, I can't put, you know, I, I, everybody has their strong suits, and um, trying and trying to figure out what that person and their feel wants. That's the most important thing um, to me. Uh, Shay has a driving style that uh, he tends to uh, get on the, get on the right front tire real hard. Okay. For example, um, Shay is Shay. He's going to drive his car sometimes maybe over the limit, you know, kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, he's going to, he's going to have a cart that he's going to need a cart. That's going to be a little stiffer on the right front tire because of his driving style. Austin is Austin, for example, takes something different. Um, Austin is a heavy brake dragger and he's going to be able to, if he has a cart that is any way tight like that, too stiff on the right front, it's going to push with him because he's on the brake pedal. So he's going to have to have a cart that's more free because he's on the brake pedal more. Um, that's, uh, that, that's the best way I can break it down for people. And that's kind of what I've used as a explanation for the difference, um, in two types of drivers and that, and, and there goes way beyond that with other drivers, but that's my best way of explaining, um, you know, two totally different driving styles and, and what they, what they need in a chassis and, and what they may need in a, in a set of tires. All right. Yeah. It's very important to under it for you to understand. Cause like you said, that takes two different types of tires, uh, possibly two different types of setups. Maybe even if it's a little tweak to the chassis of some sort, um, it's it, not major. It's nothing yeah, major. Small it's tweaks just, to it, make it, it drive small things. Correct. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the but big it, the big things are 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 just uh, are, are they're big things. I mean, they, they'll get you in the left field. Um, the the small things are where you put all the small things together and attention to those details. Then you you seem to that's where you seem to really start to connect the dots. Definitely, gotcha. Well, let's kind of bring it back a little bit. Um, I remember when Spencer Davis was writing for you in the junior division. He was on a mission to get a hundred wins in a year. You want to touch on that year, how that went, how much traveling uh, you did? It it was a lot. I tell you, I was I was in on the the more Saturday stuff with that. Um, they did a lot of the the they did a lot of the local stuff down around where they're from and and whatnot. Um, uh, they. Uh, I was more of the big races on Saturday. I like kind of let them do the local deal together. But but Scott was Scott, his dad. We were they were on whatever it took to to make that happen, and uh, it just was a personal goal that uh, they enjoyed. And uh, and it's cool watching uh, it's cool watching Spencer grow up now. Getting to got to see him some at Millbridge back last year. He was over there. Uh, helping uh tony Erie jr's little boy and uh getting to see spencer and uh seeing what he's done with his life kind of taking over his what his dad was doing yeah he just, he just brought the core back there. yeah yeah he's uh seeing him actually <laughs> don't take this the wrong way seeing him actually do something was cool <laughs> because <laughs> spencer was the kid that uh, and, and this goes, this goes, this is way more kids, but I just, he was the first one I'd ever got to see actually do this. He'd come off the racetrack and run into the, to the trailer and start playing Nintendo or something. And it was like, <laughs> they, and, uh, you know, it's like, man, you really want to be here? I'll, you know, but when it was time to go, you know, get out there and go race, I mean, he did his job. He, he did, he did a fine job of what he did. And, but, uh, Anyway, it's like I, it's actually cool watching him um, growing up and uh, ex- and accepting responsibility and uh, seeing that change in him. Um, because like I, I really wasn't sure what he would ever do other than just sit in the seat. Because I mean that's what I saw him do was just sit in the seat. It was it was hard to even get him to engage as far as to, uh, to try to to make things better. Because you know he's just uh, he was a kid. And them kids, they just kind of – sometimes they just kind of get in their own little world and you know, do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, Braden gets the way – Braden that I have now, uh, Braden Chavis, he gets – he can be that way a little bit as well. He gets with his friends, and they go and they start – tearing bushes down, tearing trees down. He gets with those Carter boys that they start <laughs> showing him how to log and <laughs> tearing, tearing bushes down, tearing trees down and stuff. And I'm like, boy, y'all, y'all got some energy. I'm telling you, <laughs> but, uh, trying to, so, trying to rein him in to where he, he don't get into that uh, quite as much and trying to get him to understand, Hey, you need to be up there watching these big kids, what they're doing on the racetrack what what it takes to win a race um because a lot of times we go to the tracks say drafting tracks for example we got to make a plan let's make a plan before we go out there on what we're going to do on um, who's who you're racing around 
who you know you can outrun and what you need to do drafting wise. And sometimes that, that works really good. You need to the, the kids need to be up there at the fence watching, uh, watching the adults and watching the older kids to where they can make themselves better and, and do the same things. And I think the more, the more we do that with them, the better off they are. And, uh, they're going to be better drivers because of it. And they'll definitely appreciate it whenever whenever the time comes to, that uh, they were made to, hey, we need to study this. This this is important. And uh, something uh, something the Huffmans have taught me back, uh, back some time ago when Landon was little, um, writing sentences um, was uh, something that they did with him. If, if he – say we're going to a racetrack that you got to arc the corner. I will art the corner. I will art the corner. And they continue to write it, continue to write it, continue to write it. And it just it just gets into their head with those little racers because, you know, kids, they, get, they have to write sentences at school a lot of times and for homework and stuff like that. And if you if you got to do if you got to continuously write something, you got a lot better chance you're going to remember it when it gets time. And, and I, I think that's a that's something that parents can pick up with their kids. The kids ain't going to like it. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the studying that they need to do and what they need to remember. Maybe, maybe if they do that, they'll remember when they're out there, because I'm telling you, I've learned, learned working with kids. You don't know which kid's going to show up. I mean, it's like, they could, be, <laughs> they could be like the best. I, I mean, when every class the next weekend, you're like, where's that kid? It was like your first, is this your first time? And uh, <laughs> Are you I mean, new that's here? Way, yeah. It's just, you just never know which kid's going to show up and, and kids are going through so much, you know, in their lives growing up and uh, maturing and, and, you know, it's just a lot going on there and you just never know. You just got to have patience with them and, you know, just, uh, and man, it's tough, tough to have that patience too. But because uh, you expect so much out of them because you know what they're able to do, you know, you know what they're made of and, you know, cause you've watched them, you've watched them do it, but, you just never know with the kids. Uh, you just got to be patient and just continue to support them the best you can. Yeah, you Matt, remember, I have a, oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to ask if you remember coming down to that indoor race in Louisiana long time ago with Spencer. Uh, yeah. So Cajun Indoor Nationals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I actually raced that weekend too, if I remember correctly. Really? Uh, yeah. I run, uh, Spencer was running the junior classes, and uh, um, I had uh, Ashley Abernathy. Abernathy, was running, yeah. uh, I raced against her. Doc classes, yeah, yeah. You wore us out that weekend. I remember that. that <laughs> I want you to run. know, I, I felt like I was king of the hill because I, <laughs> well, you were, dude. Like I, me and my dad were like, we beat Matt Connell, man. Like that <laughs> is crazy, you know. Yeah, and I, I ran champ that weekend. I'm telling you, hey. That I didn't I didn't want to run that one again. That that was the roughest race. You need to go to a spine doctor after that. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, that was that was rough. That um I know I was um talking to Adam Johnson before we went to, to Tunica. Um uh and I was like, you know, what kind of racetrack is this? And yada yada yada. And uh he uh and he's and he's like, oh, it's rough. And I was like, but is it Cajun indoor rough? I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I mean that, that's just nothing. Nothing I've ever been to has ever been it will ever top that. And, and that <laughs> was one of the best years it had ever been. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah wow. The last year it was really yeah, bad. The last year, dude, we were hitting the concrete floor. It was oh, my goodness. So about uh, that. that was, oh, good. Okay. Good. No, I just, I just remember driving down those holes and just wondering if the go kart was ever coming out. It <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. So there, there was so, a little story that we kind of talked about. Was there Vegas rush to the racetrack that weekend? I don't, I don't. What do you mean? Like, did some? Like, did you get them like shipped into the race? There was something about there. Somebody not, had said something about tires getting brought to the racetrack. Not that I know of. Oh, okay, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about that. Um, I. Yeah, I really don't remember anything about that. Gotcha. So, Matt, one last thing on on the whole topic of the junior drivers and, you know, teaching them different things like you do with Braden, with, you know, getting him to go watch. You know, you just brought up Huffman. His parents made him write sentences. Well, uh, I wish my dad would have taken that approach with me. I was was just finishing up junior one, going into junior two, and did great in practice. It was one of those big – egg-shaped tracks, Gulfport. I don't know if you remember that track. Okay. So, practice did great. Come qualifying, I start pinching off one and two again. Well, my dad, he was fed up. And we got back to the trailer. He said, you did great in practice, but in qualifying, you did this, this, and this. Well, he didn't write it on a piece of paper. He took the Sharpie and wrote it, wrote the track on the panel of the trailer in Sharpie and didn't take it off. So, when everybody came to the trailer, and they said they looked at the the uh, the track on the trailer. I had I was the one that had to explain what was going on. Yeah, oh yeah, we've we've done that with uh, we've done that with Braden before. Uh, Shay's Shay's really good at that uh, with with Braden being able to explain to him, draw him a map and and stuff. I, I, I I'm a terrible drawer. I I mean. <laughs> My tire is not going to be circle. It's going to probably be a square. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's that's that's I, I got it. Yeah, I mean, you just uh, some weekends you're just like, why? Wow. I mean, we, that's what we've struggled with Braden. I feel like the most is uh, the tracks that are circles like that. That he wants to run it out way too far and wait, make the track bigger than what it is. And uh, I feel like. Uh, the more I can work with him to to be able to to not do that to run, you know you know, run a run a what I call a green plate line and he's actually running green plate you know you don't need to use all that racetrack you you know maybe run the red plate line in the race right because if you're pulling way up the racetrack you're just making the track bigger that guy has he doesn't have to use any effort just to drive right under you just running the right part of the racetrack and uh, it's tough to make them understand that okay we go to this place and we're we're arcing we're, we're driving it to the edge um we're doing all that and then we go to a track like uh you know iron city for example that we run the maxis nationals at um you got to keep the cart pinched pretty much all the way around the racetrack other than the the entry uh the the just that where you back, basically swing up to go in the corner um on entry right there. Other than that, you pretty much keep the cart pinned all the way around the racetrack. Um, and it's hard to make them understand that when we're doing something teetotally different the week before, but that comes with, uh, you know, age, uh, comes with maturity and, and, and experience. And, uh, uh, man, I, again, go back to it. That's super cool to watch these kids that, uh, 
just see them progress and uh, learn, see them learn, listen to them with what they're learning, what they're coming back with. Um, that's something a, a, a crew chief and, and the kid needs to really work on is communication. Uh, you need to have that communication to where if Braden doesn't come back to the, to my, in my trailer, when he comes back, he knows he's in trouble because that's the first thing he, his job is to, take come back to the trailer and come in there and tell me what he needed and to uh and to tell me what's going on and that's that's a super important uh, i and that goes for a for a dad and, and, his, and his kid um or just a you know a, a, a crew chief like me for example um being able to being able to uh to have that to have that uh communication between the two to where you uh where you where you're just getting it all out i mean you, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn and not make any better by going and pouting <laughs> or or going and playing or whatever come come talk come get it out let's let's have communication let's uh, let's make things bigger and let's make uh, i mean let's make things better right definitely so you know the 811 I, you know, back in the gap, the 81, what's the process of, I guess, choosing who gets the seat and what, you know, what are you looking for in a driver that drives for you? So uh, best, this is how, this is how I can explain it the best. Uh, and I've used these two a ton. Um, Austin Yarbrough and Shay Chavis. Um, Austin came to me in uh, March of 2017 and he was on a tear he was on a tear and he told me that he was leaving and he was going to go run a race car. And I, I just, man, it was tough. Uh, I'm, I was very emotionally invested into that kid and, and what we were doing as a race team. And it was tough, man. I, I bawled my eyes out uh, that last weekend. And, uh, but I had a decision to make that week before we even, got to that last weekend like you if, if you're sure this is what you're going to do it's time to it's, you know it's, i'm gonna have to make i'm gonna have to have somebody to replace it you know so uh, what i thought about was this is why i looked at it um people asked me how did you come about shay chavis um which i had worked with shay a little bit in 2013 anyway we got we got to work for about five months together um but i i kind of threw that out what i looked at is who do i who do I hate to race the most? Who do I hate? <laughs> who do I not like my cart to be around whatsoever? Because I know they're going to race my stuff the hardest. Shay Chavis was that guy. He was going to drive. He was going to drive your stuff. The you know he was going to out. He was going to race you harder than anybody on the on the racetrack. And that's how I chose who I wanted. It's like because that's who I hated to race the most. I felt like. That just was the logical choice for me at that time. I mean, he was that guy, and uh, that's that's where I came up with that, and and that still holds true today. I mean, things are a little different for me right now as far as um, who's in the seat at times and stuff like that, because um, I kind of got a little system I got to go through with, uh, you know, Boomer Pace for Shays Racing right now when we're having to find substitutes. I mean, I got to check with those guys, make sure that they're happy with who I'm, who I want to put in there, or if they want to make the decision on who they put in there, then that's, you know, that's fine too. So, uh, 
I, I want to, I want somebody that is well-rounded and I also want somebody that can, uh, can also work with the kids as well too, because that's, that's something that's important to me is, is building these kids up and, and, and not to mention that their, uh, their moms and dads are, they're spending a lot of money to be a part of a team that, that can win and to, to make that team the best it can be with and give it the resources that it can, you know, to where it can be the best. And, so, uh, you know, also, so you got to look for somebody like that, 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 you know, can explain things to a kid and talk to a kid to where they understand them. Um, I feel like that's, again, something that those two do very, very, very well um, is, is talking to kids and being able to, I see Austin, uh, I see Austin all the time talking to kids that just, I mean, I don't even think he knows who they are. I've watched him. Be, you know, help kids like that. They come up and ask him a question, and he'll walk to the fence with them and explain to them. I mean, he don't he don't know him from Adam, and uh, you know, and that's and that's good. And, I, and I, I'm glad that he's become that become that guy, and to have the character to do that, and and be able to take the time with you know with our future, with our future of our sport. I mean, because the the Shea Chavises and Austin Yarbroughs aren't going to last but so long. I mean, somebody's got to come along and take their place. Definitely. Uh, One race I want to go back to really quick, and it was with you and Austin. Um, it was an indoor race, and y'all like swept house, but there was a bonus if you started it in the rear. I think it was like mm-hmm. was it a twenty thousand bonus to start in the rear, or you put another ten? It was a ten thousand to win, then ten thousand on top of it or something. It was some crazy number, and you know so, what was that decision like to be like, all right, let's start at the rear and let's go win this thing. I don't. I don't remember that we had to start at the rear unless something happened that made us start in the rear. We had, if you won all four classes, it was a $20,000. Okay. Okay. That's what it was. So, uh, that was, it was actually in Whitpool, Virginia. Um, it was an indoor race, uh, that the people from Millbridge were putting on actually. And, uh, they put up a $20,000 bonus to win all, I think it was two predators and two clone classes. And somebody won all four, they got $20,000 bonus. And, uh, yeah, we were we were fortunate enough to be able to uh, make that happen that weekend. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool to see. Very, <laughs> very. <laughs> so we talked at the beginning of the episode about you thinking you're going to start promoting again. Is there any signs of slowing down? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, I've kind of slowed down a little bit as far as just uh, trying to get the workday down from – uh, 16 to 20 hour days. I mean, I've had so many of those, man, that it, I'm telling you, it just, it, it wears you down. If I can just have a normal work day and, uh, and I, and I feel like I have that a little more now than what I did uh, a couple years ago. And, uh, so th- that's probably all I've done slowing down, but, um, something I really enjoy is, um, uh, I've got to go spot for landing on the race car stuff. And I really enjoy spotting. And uh, man, I, when I grow up, that's what I want to be as a spotter. <laughs> so, uh, I, man, I really enjoy it. And uh, man, I just, uh, it's really cool um, getting to do something I always wanted to do. Um, very descriptive in, in what I do. Um, I pick out a lot, of, I pick out details real, real good. I, I just, I don't know. I just, maybe I just pay attention, but, um, so I I feel like, (laughs) so I feel like uh, the spotting thing is kind of come naturally to me. Um, 
The only thing I struggle with on that, and, I, and and honestly, I haven't gotten to do it enough to really show them that I could do a better job, is um, is like being forceful with him on when you need to when you need to get get down, get down. You know, instead of just saying uh, you know clear high or clear low or something like that. You know, I got to be more forceful with them, and uh, and I learned from that. But man, I that's something that I I do want to do one day more than what I'm doing what I'm doing now is, uh, is the spotting thing. It's just, uh, I don't know, just always want to do it and really enjoy that. Um, but as of right now, I mean, working with, uh, working with Braden, I mean, I've, I've told those guys, you know, is I want to, I, I want to continue with him until, uh, until he's ready to, to do something different and, um, maybe then I'll go do something else. But, uh, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to bring the kid along this far and then just drop him. You know, it's just because yeah. I, I could have done that last year and went and went to work and Shane Huffman offered me a job right away. You know, and I could have done the spotting thing. I could have done the working in the shop, working with the drivers, and and uh, you know, and I just chose to chose to stay where I was at for the time being. You know, just don't want to. I hate to, you know, it's a kid, you know, and I want to give him the best I can get him. So, uh, but I still, I still have that. I'm, I, you know, I don't know how long I'll live. Might, might die tonight. You never know. And, uh, you just, you just never know that. So, uh, uh, hopefully when I get to, uh, if, you know, live longer and, uh, get older, I can maybe do that. Maybe that'd be something else, something I can do. It's, uh, definitely a, definitely a dream job of mine. Do you uh do you do you still have a relationship with uh, Rodney Childers? I no, I've never had a, a relationship oh, okay. with him. No, yeah. huh? he he just uh, he's always been. I feel like on Twitter and stuff like that, he's always been super supportive, and and I and I've tried to follow them, follow up, and do the same with them as well. But uh, uh it's that those guys are cool, man. They just uh, hmm. you know, you just look at them as like, you know, you want to be like them one day because they're Absolutely. so smart. They're so he's, smart. He's been sharing a lot of pictures in that Facebook group from back when right. he raced. Yeah, it's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, uh, we've been uh, we've been we've been sending them to Todd because Todd's in a lot of them too. I think mm-hmm. Jimmy Griffin's been posting them, and it's been cool to get to see what those guys um, what those guys are doing. Like <laughs> Todd Todd told us how much of a stud he was, and <laughs> it's like you see that stud. Yeah, yeah, you're a Hall of Famer. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's good times, good times. You uh, you work on that spotting career. You be co-host the Door Bumper Clear. <laughs> hey, I mean, somebody's got to throw some common sense into that group. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only one with any sense whatsoever is TJ Majors. That dude, I I, I, I like what he does. He, he's he's a good spotter. He's uh, and he, big, and I big like no comment guy. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, yeah, he uses his head. That's for sure. He, instead of his mouth. So, yeah, old, Brett, old Brett's the fire over there. He likes to burn things down. Yeah, man. I tell you what, you want to piss me off on a on a Tuesday? <laughs> listen to Door Bumper Clear because I usually get pissed off listening to that guy. I'm telling you, but heck, he gets paid the big bucks to do it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. I, Freddie Kraft, I like that guy too. He's pretty cool. I mean, he he's a Mets fan, and so am I. He's a Giants fan, and so am I. I don't know why I'm a New York fan, but I am. And uh, but 
and it, uh, it's cool to see other New York fans because we kind of struggle with our sports. So <laughs> it wouldn't be much better if you were a home state fan. So I mean, if you're uh, if you're a Panthers fan, you'd be in the same bus. Much much better, much <laughs> better. I, I I saw the record for the Charlotte Hornets um, this morning. I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with them? You know, I <laughs> I don't really pay attention to the NBA too much anyway. I, but I think. Uh, I think Michael Jordan got that memo too. That's why he sold. His <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, hey, coming up this weekend, uh, my second favorite team's playing. I, I'm a 49ers. I'm a 49ers fan too. So I'm gotcha. I'm pumped about this weekend. We're just coming back from Tunica, and I was yelling. I was <laughs> I was pissed off at first, and then finally, hot. You know, it was. Uh, how about them 49ers? Because yeah. Todd Miller, Todd Miller's a Lions fan, so uh, yeah, we, oh, we, we they beat my team. They beat my, my Bucks. They beat my Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling for 49ers. So I got. I, I think the whole world my... is. They want to beat Taylor Swift. They're not yeah, trying to beat the Chiefs. Nobody wants to beat Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> they got a kid from my hometown. The uh, one of the running backs for him, Elijah Mitchell. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's I, from my hometown. I'm telling you, if he went somewhere where he could be a first stringer, I think he, uh, I think he's got talent if he can stay healthy. Well, yeah, I don't want to say it like great. this. Yeah, I don't want to say it like this. Uh, Elijah had the starting job until yes, Carolina said, "Hey, the yep. whole team's for sale." Yes, pretty much. I mean, that's the way. Not on went. sale, for sale. I mean, who who wouldn't want CMC? I mean, that guy's a monster. Yeah. I mean, he can do it all. I mean, I I, I think he can do it all. I, he, I, mean, I think I think at Stanford he set a record for a passing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown all in one I'm game, all in the same game. Yeah, not surprised at all. Uh, hopefully, he does it Sunday night too. So, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll go ahead and roll into our rapid fire segment. It's a few questions, uh, five questions, okay. and you just pick. But uh, it's brought to you by. Uh, extreme speed tire solutions and Bondati performance. Whether it's getting a cart scaled out, prep, trackside help, they can have you up front. Get with Extreme Speed today on Facebook, or you can get with Curtis Polacek and also Frank Bondati on Facebook. So we'll get into it. Favorite food: biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. All right. Okay. Overhead valve or flathead limiteds? Overhead valve. Okay. Uh, favorite NASCAR driver, and that could be past or present. Hmm. Past Ricky Rudd, mm-hmm. her, uh, current Joy Logano. Oh, 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 oh Matt! What are oh. we doing here? What are we doing here, Matt? What are we doing? How can Matt? you not like Matt. Joey Logano? Time out. We're gonna kill. We gotta shut the whole fire <laughs> rapid fire segment down. Matt, for a second. Matt, we have to dissect Matt. this. Episodes <laughs> over. Episodes <laughs> over. Whole episode. Episodes <laughs> over. Joey Logano <laughs> is like the coolest person, man. He, he's a good guy. Oh, but he's like uh, a man, villain you know, when he puts the no hell Oh, out. my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I, used yeah, we... a, I used to be a Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch fan. I, okay. I was by far uh, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch my whole growing up after Ricky Rudd retired. So um, I think there's only one name you could have said that was worse than Joey Logano just now. Dude. Chase Elliott. Oh yeah, you ain't got to worry about that. that <laughs> Definitely not that. No, I'm go- not going there for sure. Yeah, oh, so, man. I don't, know. I, I don't yeah. want to cut this this off, but some of my favorite things to read is your opinions on NASCAR. On oh, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, it's the greatest thing. I look yeah, forward I to lo- those Twitter posts. Yeah, I love them so much, oh, man. Wow. They make me laugh. Hey, <laughs> my, my favorite is the is the Jeff Gluck post of uh-huh. "Was this a good race?" and then. Oh. 
what I, I, I don't even have to scroll and I see your tweet and I'm like, yes, <laughs> Monday morning is a, it, it, it's a good Monday. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, favorite go kart track, Providence. Providence. Okay, that 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 is a very beautiful racetrack. I, that is. is. I, I love short. I love short tracks. And then, uh, should the clash be at the Coliseum or go back to Daytona? Neither. <laughs> Neither. Where should it be? Ah, uh, move it around. Wilkesboro. Absolutely. That would be good too. Absolutely. I'm good. We could race, man. That's that's where I spent okay. So many There's years of one- my life. <laughs> There's one stipulation about if the clash goes to the goes goes to Wilkesboro. Okay. Every cup driver has to race an Xfinity car. Absolutely. That's the that's only way we're going to see or, tire fall off. Or Absolutely. you narrow up the tire on the cup cars just for the clash. Absolutely. 100%. Either one. I'm good with either one of those. Anything well, no, with because, the tire. Well, because the Xfinity car has less error, so it's going to slide around more. Yeah. And I don't, the cup I don't car know is how just much stuck. The means there anyway. Yeah. Well, it's they're just gonna be stuck even more now that they're they've repaved. So, oh yeah. yeah, and then it needs to go back just to pole setters or winners, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right. And we, we need to this we whole... need to pull some bush bush latte cans again. I think we we pull we don't qualify. I thought that was the coolest thing on like yeah. Thursday night. You're watching the yep. Bud shootout. They're pulling the cans. Yep. Like they just had a video of Kyle Busch couldn't pull it the year before, and then he turned 21. He finally got to pull the can. <laughs> so. I just yeah, that's, I that's old childhood memories. I enjoyed watching seeing what they turned up. <laughs> yeah. But uh I don't know. I didn't I didn't never really care. I didn't think it was that cool with Daytona. I ain't gonna lie. I know that's a, that's not gonna be popular, but I I would much rather watch a short track race than I would a, a restrictor plate race or, or super speedway or whatever. I am not a super speedway fan at all. So going there for it and then staying through speed weeks. It, it was it was pretty badass. Not gonna lie, okay. because you no. had the clash, and then you had qualifying. But this whole hey, we're gonna go race inside of a coliseum? No, <laughs> not for me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. I, I just. I just love it all, man. This race. I don't care where they race. They they want to race around the high school the high school track. I'm good with that too. Whatever. <laughs> Be like, be like Tony Stewart if they didn't wreck enough cars at the end of a super speed race, yeah. they could split half the field and then go backwards <laughs> and then do a figure eight. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm just not, I've never been a super speedway fan. I don't know. I, I guess because my, I, I worry about my DraftKings picks getting wrecked. <laughs> That's too much out of control there. Yeah. Those are the worst weeks for fantasy by far. Absolutely. You just I pick, pick like the you, Rick Ware cars. Whoever then. starts 35th, 36th, 37th, 38th, and 39th. <laughs> pick a starting part i'll still finish in front of oh, everybody yeah. else. yep because they're not going to ride around trying to race the rest of the race they won't be there till the end so <laughs> good chance they'll be there yeah all right so we have two questions we ask all our guests uh, first one being what is the one thing you like about our sport one thing i like about our sport is the people um again I, I think i've harped on this it's just the people that i've been able to meet um it, they they would do anything for you they would have your back they would uh um they're they're there to talk to when you need somebody um i mean that's what it is it's it's all definitely the that it's the people um i, I that's what I, that's a that's what I say the most right now is uh, I really enjoy the people and um, 
I don't, I really don't that that's, and I know that's pretty broad and it's probably not the, the easy, I mean, the, the tougher answer there, but, uh, that's, that's probably the thing I love traveling. So I love driving and being able to travel around the country and see all these places and carding is, has made that possible for me. And, uh, man, I love going to a Bucky's. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there ain't nothing more. I'm watching that sign dwindle them miles down. And, and being able to, <laughs> I mean, I'm watching Bucky's in 198 miles. Bucky's in hey, 100 exactly. miles. Bucky's in. We coming. We coming. <laughs> we uh, hammer down. <laughs> we coming. Yep. It's hammer time. I'll be at the beef jerky line. Just be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone had took a Bucky sign and uh, they 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 redid uh, Brooks and Dunn's Neon Moon and they said under a Bucky's moon. <laughs> oh goodness, <laughs> yeah. man, I love that place. But I'm telling you, I I figured it out. Bucky's at 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. That's spot on right there. The rest of the time, <laughs> it's a war zone. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's like Walmart or worse, but at least they have people working there. So. <laughs> and their bathrooms are clean. And the bathrooms are clean. That is, that's good. Good point there. <laughs> we supposedly have one coming to North Carolina, boy. I, I it's, uh hoping we get more races in that direction. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, or we might I mean, have to take a road trip and then come back down, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I think it's going to be like, uh, probably about, hour and 45 minutes from me so uh yeah i don't know though I, i'm also one of those people that thinks well if you get all the cool stuff all the time then what's really cool it's not going to be cool anymore yeah, yeah exactly so i think that's probably why i like bucky's is because it's uh um it's uh it's definitely uh definitely cool because we only see them once in a while so yeah that's kind of like top golf we got a we had a top golf in baton rouge and then we built a top they built a top golf in town and like mm-hmm. I've gone like five times, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely not cooler than the three times right. I used to go to Baton Rouge. Right, exactly, and, and that and that's and that and that goes for racing too. It's like I get tired, of, you know. I feel like we go to the same tracks a lot of times, and I would much rather drive further to go somewhere that we don't go very often because I mean, it's we get you just get tired going the same places, and they're not cool anymore because of that. They just get oversaturated and i would much rather drive to gulfport mississippi versus going to um uh, like triple t up here for us somewhere like that or paradise or whatever that we we, we've just gone to so many times i'd rather go see another part of the country and uh go tackle a different type of racetrack yeah and you said traveling and seeing things like that's what my parents did as a kid. They tried to find whatever town we would go to. You know, we traveled a lot and uh, whatever town we were going to or city, like whatever that town was known for. Like we raced at Tupelo, Mississippi. We went see where Elvis was born and raised. Then we, when we go to Tunica back in the day, when Lanier was running it, we'd, we went to uh, Graceland. So like we, they always tried to make gotcha. it like a little trip out of it to see things and learn things. So yeah, that's definitely cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I tend to not see the sights when I go places as far as that goes. Um, kind of go, I enjoy the trip there and I enjoy the trip back, but um, I'm there to race and, and I don't really get out too much. I'm just, yeah. I'm boring. So um, <laughs> I just, uh, I go race and go home. I just enjoy, I enjoy the trip. Hey, we get to drive. 16 hours home <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the trip's the best part sometimes that's where the some of the best memories come from 
It, it is. I'm telling you, um, you take some of the guys that I've I've had in my in my truck uh, on some of these trips. I mean, so we we laugh and we laugh. There's been some rides home from Jasper, Florida, but <laughs> it crack. It is thinking about it, it cracks us up, man. It's just it's fun. Again, the people that uh, the you get to surround yourself with, uh, you really appreciate in this sport. Definitely. So, Matt, on the flip side. What's one thing you'd like to see change? Okay, um, I'm I'm probably on this soapbox a lot uh, recently. Um, uh, I um, I don't care for don't don't give me a two cent product and charge me twenty five dollars for it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm big on that. I, d- I think uh, I think we see that from time to time. Um, I feel like the racers are right now in our sport um, for the most part, I feel like the racers are paying for everything and we're not seeing um, the promoters go out and try to get that outside business corporation, whatever it may be to put money into our sport so where the racers aren't having to pay for everything i mean the racers are paying for everything in our sport and it's the same racers over and over and over that are paying for it and eventually they're gonna get tired of doing it and they're gonna move on and do something else and because they have a choice it's a free country and uh i just uh i feel like we're just getting burnt so hard on uh parking money that is like for sponsorship or whatever which we don't have to do it we absolutely do not have to do it, but if unless you want to park, you know where I, where I parked at at uh, Tunica, Mississippi, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you're gonna have to do it. And uh, so it's uh, that's the biggest thing. I just feel like we're. I think I think there's some promoters that do the work and that do go out Batesville. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, I and and I talked to other promoters um, about look this model that I see Batesfield that I see Batesfield use. That model is on point for for the actual stability of the sport and the longevity of the sport, being able to continue on and build, but because they actually have that corporate sponsorship that they've worked their butts off to get and had to, had to go the extra time, had to, um, you know, spend the extra time going to uh, the places that that the Scotty Reed guy told me about all he had to do to, to basically court the O'Reilly people. And uh, I mean, and they, and that's what, that's what I'm talking about is, they're having to do that work and having to go after the sponsors, kind of going back to what I did back in the day, promoting, I had to go after all these sponsors and, and they weren't, they weren't all racing sponsors. Most of them weren't sponsors that wanted a parking spot. They, I mean, they actually sponsored the race. It was actually a sponsor. It wasn't just paying for parking, which was what we do as sponsors these days. All we're doing is doing it. So we get parking, I, I just ask for the promoters to work hard to where, you know, you're just not draining these racers um, to, you know, where that, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they won't be able to continue to do it. I mean, that money's going to run out at some point, you know, it's, uh, it's tough to, 
it's tough to keep draining the same cow, you know, just milking that same cow over and over. Eventually yeah. we'll run out of milk. So Yeah, it's it's like we've talked about before, is uh is we just recycle it. That's all we do is we just recycle yes, money in 100%. the sport. Yep, hundred percent. I mean I, I I really liked what Lucas Oil did in our sport back uh, when Earl Pearson was doing some races back years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Lucas Oil was big in big in uh, I mean putting products out there for us to, to giving us products at the racetrack and stuff like that. I mean that's cool. I bring that stuff home, give it to my papa, and you know like hey here's some here's some gun lube. You know well hey mm-hmm. he's he's all about that. You know mm-hmm. it's, stuff's cool. I mean it's just it takes it takes effort it's it's got to be something more than just a hand a hand reaching out to to be paid it's it takes some effort and uh and some some of the promoters just don't they're just not interested in doing any more than what they got to do there's like i said there's some that do but there's there's also some that i feel like do a lot less and that can improve in our sport make our sport way better to where it, it makes it makes these moms and dads and racers uh going up and down the road be able to you know be able to survive a little more they you know maybe they can spend more money with their chassis manufacturer maybe they could spend more money you know with uh with their tire manufacturer or whatever you know just it gives them a little more to work with instead of just all having to be poured into being able to get into that to get into that race and and uh and have good parking yeah, I see you. You sponsor a lot of the Maximilian. Do you do you like that series a lot? I really do. I'm telling you, everything that the Maximilian series has going on, I am a advocate for, and I've uh, I've been happy with that. When I and uh, I tell you, when I see promoters doing the right things, I want to support those promoters, and I want to make sure they know that I appreciate them. Um, like uh, Woodleaf Speedway up here, uh, a mile from my house. Um, I don't even, we don't even get to race there because it's mainly just local racing, and uh, you know, don't my guys don't want to drive that far because they they're coming from so much further than I am. They don't want to, you know, they can't drive that far to go race for three hundred dollars. But what I'm seeing that guy do at that racetrack, he is pouring the money into it and like making it so much better, so much fan friendly racer friendly everything i'm seeing that guy pour into it and i and i and i tell him like hey i'm i'm gonna sponsor because i appreciate what you're doing for the sport and what you're doing because you're putting back in you're not just taking from it Mm -hmm. and and i feel like that and i'm like that with when it comes to any of them I'm, i'm just uh we're sitting back watching and we're sitting back watching who's who's doing what and uh at some point you're gonna have to decide who you wanna who you wanna help and, uh, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm watching, uh, definitely watching these guys and, uh, and just appreciate the ones that, uh, that are really, uh, really spreading it around. Yeah. And I, I really love what Kenny's doing because, uh, you know, he does the third of the field. Um, you know, if you don't have a go-kart, you know, or the tires to, to run top five, but you make the show, you're good enough to make the show and you're still, you're in that learning process of trying to get up front. You still got a chance home to bring some money. Or if you miss on qualifying, you got to run a B main, he's paying 60, $80 to the winner of the B main, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of just giving everybody a fair fight and in, in, in a sport where it costs it. This is, this is not a cheap sport. And so to feel like you can take home, have a chance to take something home would be, is, is nice. 
Absolutely. I, I mean, you're going you're gonna to make it to where – if you can make that guy get his entry fee back for finishing 10, I mean, that guy's – he's going to remember that, and he's going to come back because he, you're enabling him to continue to race. And, and I'm going to tell you, that's uh, – that's, that's the way uh that's the way it needs to go and and uh more of that more of that uh, i think is going to spread into other series is because they're going to see the they're going to see the uh the popularity and the success of that series um i i, I haven't seen a, I, I feel like that's the p1 series for, yeah I, I think it's number one in the country right now because they, they sold so over 200 spots in like 28 hours of parking being open awesome. yeah that's awesome I, I, that's great. I mean, that's a. I hope they get the. I hope they get the facility and the racetrack, um, the way it needs to be for that for what they're doing there. I hope that uh, hope that works out because, um, for uh, for the amount of people that's going to be there, hopefully, hopefully it's in tip top shape. That's all I can say. Yeah, definitely. I hope people take notes from uh, Kenny because he they they Kenny and Morgan got something going good and. Uh, it's it's Absolutely. benefiting the sport more than anything. Absolutely, I enjoy going to their races. They uh, they take care of us. That's for sure. As as racers, definitely. So we the way we usually end out these uh, interviews is uh, you know we ask our guests if there's anybody uh, they would like to thank. So you have anybody you'd like to thank Matt? I do. Um, I want to thank uh, the people that that have helped me get where I'm at today. My dad, obviously. Uh, getting me started in racing. Um, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank Harold Wiggins. Uh, Harold Wiggins was an uh, integral part of, uh, who I am as far as a, a chassis, uh, being able to learn about chassis. Harold, Harold taught me everything I know about chassis, uh, up, you know, through 2020, 21. Uh, I mean, I feel like, I learned so much from from that guy, and I'm so thankful and so grateful to to know what I know today because of Harold Wiggins. I mean, he never he never held back on me. He he always he always helped me on on what what all these different adjustments made and did, and uh, definitely made me definitely has won me many races um, that I wouldn't have won without him, and. Uh, most of all, um, I, um, I, you know, the people that the customers, all the customers that I've had over the years, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful to know them, the friendships, the families that took care of me. I, I would have never been who I am today without them. And most of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because without him, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be worth anything. So uh, just a sinner and uh, definitely saved by the grace of God. And that's uh that's it yes sir yes sir. we appreciate you coming on man and uh i want to say thank you because you really you, you don't understand what you did for me and my dad's racing program man you really you really helped us out back in i the enjoyed day. it y'all were y'all were so cool man your dad makes that uh he made that crawfish etouffee that time and i still <laughs> talk about it and he, he brought it to talladega and it was 95 degrees and i couldn't enjoy it and I just want to enjoy it one more time. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll the make Cajun, a... the Cajun people can cook better than uh, than normal. So that's uh, so cool. To, uh, it's cool getting to know people like you know that from all parts of the country, and uh, that you know without this sport, I would never have even known that they existed. So absolutely, man. 
Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. This has been one of my favorite episodes for sure. Yeah, no offense awesome. to anyone else, but like I've been looking forward to this, man. We we honestly didn't think we would ever get you on here. You've been the top of the list. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I didn't think you guys wanted me, honestly. I thought I, I don't really I never thought anybody would actually want to listen to me talk because I ramble. So uh I think our phones might crash tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Matt, not no joke here. I uh I texted I texted Shay about possibly getting you on whenever right after we had Shay on. And Shay told me he said yeah, I, I don't know about Matt coming on. You know? He's a real nice guy, but, he, man, he don't even do pictures. <laughs> yeah, I told Shay. I was like, Shay, nobody wants to talk. Nobody wants to listen to me talk. That's like, man, they want to talk to you. They want to listen to you drivers. You know, you guys are the heroes. That's You guys are the ones with the good stories, and that's the ones everybody wants to hear from. And uh, and, and Carson, Carson come up and ask me um, – few weeks ago as same thing like what's it gonna take get you on there and i was like but don't nobody want to hear me <laughs> i said i ain't boring it's all get out i mean i promise you and uh, uh anyway so uh, I, I i i love carson to death man i'm super proud of that kid too him and Morgan. Uh, they've uh they had a little baby and i and i think uh think they're gonna think they're gonna be better people because of it they're, they're cool i, I see chavis racing products made a lot of friends with those guys uh, love them all definitely but matt we uh we really appreciate it and uh good luck on the season and we hope everything goes well safe travels to all the racetracks and uh I'm sure we'll see you I around a couple it. max a million races and uh, for sure batesville so Thank you, and uh, yeah, don't uh, you guys don't be strangers. If you uh, if you ever need anything, just holler at me. I'll be glad to do whatever whatever you need. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very that, much. Man. Have a good night. All right. Thank you, guys. Man, what a good time that was. That was, uh, I really enjoyed that. Just, you know, crazy how, like, he talked about with his dad how, like, he didn't really work on stuff much. You know, he's more of working with tires, which makes sense because how great of a tire guy he is. But he also, you know, learning chassis with with Harold and Tony and and really having to grind it out. It was, uh, you know, really cool to hear that side of him. Yeah, man. He's... Yeah, 100%. It's crazy how much he opened up because, like, when, when I was riding with him, he was really reserved, you know, he didn't really very smart man, you know, but he just fairy to himself when he's at the track, man, he is in the zone from, from the, when that trailer, he puts that trailer door down to the trailer door going up in the zone, man. Yeah. So it's cool to really sit down and talk to him and really get to know him, you know? And, and, you know, this might've been a little bit longer of an episode than we normally do, but we didn't want to leave anything out, you know, we, I don't care. It's, yeah. it's one of the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, we have a really cool, it's, it's not a job. This is a hobby thing, but it, we have a really cool thing to where we get to talk to some really cool people. And it's just, man, it's really cool when you get to talk to somebody like that. It's awesome. Yeah. And, you I know, feel very, very fortunate, you know? Yeah. And, and we're just happy we're able to, you know, document these things for you guys to bring them and, you know, try and help the, the sport to, uh, to gain some notoriety, notability and stuff like that, you know, maybe reach somebody that hasn't heard about karting or 
somebody yeah. who hasn't done it in a while and wants to get back in it. You know, they can just listen to the podcast and, and get to it. And, you know, and, you know, growing up at all these racing and stuff, you hear all these stories about people, but it's just stories and then stories get twisted. And it's cool for us to do this and kind of have it documented, you know, for future if you want to go back listen listen to some stories it's here forever it's the internet man it ain't going nowhere not going anywhere man so we uh like we said we're working in some more junior drivers we're working in a we working in some more uh senior drivers some more engine builders some more tire guys chassis guys and we're really excited to bring them to you but until next week guys we hope you have a safe travel to the racetrack good luck anywhere you're going um and yeah we'll catch you guys next week take it easy Follow.